I can tell you what, this is going to be our best one yet. It might be. I'm excited. I'm very excited for these guys. All right, so we have got with us today uh, Noel and uh, Noah and Gravy from the uh, Paranormal Investigators of Milwaukee. Thanks for joining us, guys. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Yeah, so I know we've got uh, limited time, so let's just jump right into it. Uh, what kind of got you into this? Do you want to go first, Gravy? No, go ahead. Okay. Uh, so I've always been interested in paranormal when I was growing up. Uh, I grew up pre-internet, which is uh, blows <laughs> a lot of people's minds, but it happened. And so I just got excited around Halloween time. I always liked it. All the spooky shows would come on TV and you have all the spooky stuff in the stores. And I would go to my middle school library and check out the three books that they had on ghosts and read them. And it was always very exciting for me. Was that like the Hardy Boys? No. I was, I was thinking Goosebumps. Goosebumps. Yep. I, st- I still have the incomplete series of Goosebumps. So. Nice. But it wasn't that. It was like, you know, like true stories, you know, tales of hauntings or, you know, it also oh, yeah. included like cryptozoology stuff With as like well. the creepy black and white photos. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. It had like the standard graveyard stuff and nice. whatnot. So it was fun. Um, and then when I went to college, I went to, as most colleges are, a haunted college. And so learned about some of the claims that they had there. And that just kind of reinvigorated my interest in it. And I moved down to Milwaukee for graduate school oh, in cool. uh, 2000 and, well, after 2004, so the fall of 2004. And that, um, basically that year is when Ghost Hunters came out. Okay. And that's when I was first uh, kind of realized that people actually went out and did this like up to that point it's like oh that's you know it's kind of neat but you know not something people actually did on any sort of regular basis and that's what kind of tipped me off that that was actually happening so when i realized that i'm like well i wonder if there's people around here who do this and so i did a quick internet search and found a group that was just starting up and that's when i i worked with them for about a year okay and then after that i formed pim cool awesome and how long ago was that uh, 2007. 2007. Cool. So we're 12-ish years? Yep. Wow. Awesome. Do you remember like what your very first successful hunt was? Do you call it a hunt? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we call it an investigation. Investigation. Yeah, Thank yeah. you. Okay. Uh, so, I mean, define successful. So for us, it's a successful hunt was, or a successful investigation. <laughs> right. We're calling it that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, was that we could go in and actually you know, investigate the claims and then see if we could find an uh, explanation for those claims or not. Okay. And if not, then try to document whatever might be there. So uh, my very first investigation was um, at the Brumder Mansion actually here oh, right in, on. in Milwaukee. And that was with my the group I was started out with. And I was you learn so much as you start doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just very exciting. Like, Oh, I'm in a haunted location. <laughs> right. Kind of like as everyone right knows, haunted location, something haunted is going to happen because we're in a haunted location. And so very high, high, uh, hopes. Uh, and that was kind of like my first inkling of what it actually is about. And nice. And it's not every time you come into a haunted location or a place where someone said something happened mm-hmm. that you're going to have something happen actually. Uh, and so that was a, a bit of a letdown. And I think it is a lot of letdown for a lot of people who first start doing this. Sure. Um, and uh, they realize, well, it's not as fun as they make it on TV look, <laughs> uh, but there's other cool things about it. And that's mm-hmm. kind of why we keep doing it. Cool. So as many, as many of you know, uh, via our Facebook post, uh, we are in the Chudnow museum, which is allegedly haunted. Mm-hmm. And, uh, when we were coming in here, bringing in our, uh, equipment, 
I, at first I was like, oh, this is the first place I've been in. <laughs> and then I'm walking in, you go in once or twice and nothing happens. And you're like, oh, okay. I guess I'll just get the rest of the equipment now. <laughs> now, uh, you, you guys have done an investigation here already? Multiple yeah. times, several okay. times. Cool. Is there any interesting thing that comes to mind with, with those? Um, third floor. Yeah, the third floor is not open to the public. Okay. It's uh, kind of uses a storage area. But I remember having some like interesting noises happen on the third floor. Sure. Uh, it's always difficult to determine because that is a in an older house like this, it was a floor that was not climate controlled most of the time. So there's a lot of wood mm-hmm. expanding and contracting that happens depending on the time of year. So it's always hard to kind of track down what are those noises? Where are they coming from? Is it sure. is it expansion contraction or is it actually an odd noise or response? Now, uh, the curator, we were talking to him just before um, he let us in, and he told us a story about Emily. Were you guys involved with that at all? We've heard of Emily. Yeah, okay. I, I don't think we were the the group involved with it, though. Okay, gotcha. So so basically, and I, m- I might get the story a little bit wrong, I apologize, <laughs> um, but he said that um, they got a hit on somebody named Emily. He didn't know, you know, he wasn't sure of who Emily was before this, but whoever the investigators were that were with him, they picked up on the name Emily. And then a little later, a couple of weeks later or so, he was up on the third floor. Mm-hmm. You guys were just talking. And he found a uh, an old chalkboard. And on the damn chalkboard was written the name Emily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do remember him recounting that story. Yeah. And actually, we had that out the last time we did an investigation okay. uh, here as a trigger object. Oh, cool. Um, we didn't have anything happen no. with it. There was a weird shadow we did see on the second floor. Um, oh. They... Um, one of the windows was kind of blocked out for, I don't know if you guys saw up there. Did you guys go on the second floor at all? We did uh, a little yeah. bit. Yeah. So there's like a, um, you know, old telephone operator like room yep. with a yep. woman yep. doing the switching. Okay. So in that room, that used to be a regular window. Um, that was something new from when we were here earlier this year. And, but it looked to me when we were there doing an investigation with Marquette university, they were doing kind of a, a special order for their, one of their TV shows, uh, on their network that they have. And we were investigating there, and I thought I saw a shadow move from left to right across that area. But oh, wow. it's really hard because the window isn't completely sealed, so you can see a little bit of light coming in from outside. And so, was it something on the outside of the building or inside the building? I couldn't tell. Cool. So now, now you guys, um, I guess maybe give us a little background into uh, paranormal investigators of Milwaukee. Um, are like say somebody has a hinkling that that they've got a uh, a spirit in their in their house mm-hmm. w- what kind of happens could you walk us through the process is if process if somebody is interested in contacting you guys sure so first and foremost we don't charge for our investigations you know we are our 5013c registered oh, nonprofit with the government that's really awesome um so we do a lot of educational things uh area libraries senior living centers and schools to okay. kind of tell people about you know what is the paranormal actually and what what do we do as paranormal investigators sure. uh so um if someone has has something going on, they think that uh, they want to have us check it out. The first step is to contact us, usually via email, um, and we kind of then do a phone interview with them to okay. find out what you know what's going on, um, how often, who has all is it just you, other people, to try to determine you know what's actually happening. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, people just have one thing occur. And, oh, Jesus, there's a ghost in my house. And and then they contact us. And it's really hard for us to go off of one event. Okay. Usually we need to see a pattern, something that's happening over within a somewhat recent span of time uh, of, event, of things occurring. 
Uh, and then, so that kind of is what the phone interview allows us to do. And then from there we say, okay, we're interested in doing an investigation and we think an investigation might be warranted. We'll go and do what we call a walkthrough okay. where we go and see the location in person, do in-person interviews with anybody as, as many people as we can that have had something happen. And then we document that and figure out where these events happen. And that helps us plan the investigation. So a location like this is quite large. We could probably fit, you know, I would say up to six investigators in here. We could have two teams investigate, you know, if you did all four levels basement to the third floor, you could do that. But sometimes we're investigating one bedroom apartments. And so you can't bring that many people. And then there's everything in between that we could do. So seeing that space, knowing how busy the road is outside. Yes, there's a bar next door. Yes, there's a dog with, you know, a dog kennel outside for the neighbors that's going to bark the whole time. Like that's (laughs) something that we need to know so that, okay, audio is going to be a bust here. We don't want to focus on that. Um, Or yeah, it's going to be really noisy the whole time because there's a bar across the street. So that helps us plan out not only how many people, but what are the pitfalls we're going to run into on that investigation. And then after we do that walkthrough, we say, okay, yep, it looks like we should do investigation. Then we schedule that investigation and then do that investigation. Cool. And I, I heard you mention trigger trigger devices earlier, correct? Yeah, um, trigger objects. Trigger objects, cool. Do, do you ask the folks, like, could you supply a trigger object for a specific person? How if, does that work? If they have something that they claim to have surrounding an object in their house, yeah, we'll okay. ask them if they can provide that and if we can use that for our research. Otherwise, we bring in our own stuff, okay. our own items that we have, um, a collection of that. He has a bag full of the exact same stuff that I have in a bag, so that way we're always putting out the same same types of things like uh, deck of cards, booze, cigarettes, cigars. Um, oh, interesting. So we put out similar stuff, in it, and a lot of it has to do with where we're going. If we're going to a prison, we'll put out a bar of soap. Yeah, you know, for the wow, you know, don't drop the soap type stuff. Yeah, right. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> cigarettes, playing cards, booze. Maybe we'll make a homemade shiv to put out just for oh wow to get an interaction. Or one of your shivs. Yeah, well, yeah, right. or one of my shivs. <laughs> yeah, right. I one use of, for protection when I'm on these locations. <laughs> um, but if we're going to like a, a school, we'll put out um, maybe a playing card like a um, what are the cards I'm thinking of right Tarot? now? Tarot. Not tarot cards. No, okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> flash, anyway, cards. flash cards. Flash cards. Uh, maybe we'll put out some uh, a baseball or some toys, uh, yeah. stuffed animals, stuff like that. So stuff or a chalkboard. Or chalkboard. chalkboard. Okay. Yep. So do you ever take into consideration like the year that this that the tragedy is supposed to have happened? Because I know on a lot of the shows they're in there like what's wrong? Are you mad? Cause there's cars driving outside or something. And the people had died like 200 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. We most definitely take that into consideration, especially when we're asking questions about the time period of yeah. when they might've passed away. Or, you know, we ask a lot of times how long, you know, when, when did you, when did you die or yeah. and stuff like that. So, and we also like, you know, some locations have historical different languages. So, um, like recently we, we go on expeditions every year, sometimes mini, sometimes major. And so like, yes, oh, last wow. year was an expedition that we went to four different locations and, uh, one location supposedly had like Cherokee background. And oh, so wow. we actually researched like how some phrases recorded in native Cherokee and we played those during the investigation awesome. to okay. try and see if that would elicit some sort of response. So we try to come at it from all angles from from, again, from we, we go off of the claims first because that's mm-hmm. obviously what people have experienced, but also look into the history of that location if there was a tragedy or if there's a history of people who are from a different culture or a different background, then not going to just respond to our English questions right. uh, to see if it works. Now, obviously, we're not spending large portions of investigation doing that just because it would be difficult, but we just definitely dedicate some time to try and do it. And then, you know, when we're reviewing, see if that worked. And how, how would you... How would you go about like contacting the the um, the spirit? Would you do you try to like antagonize uh, a response out or? 
So we, 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 I'm a scientist. Uh, and so, uh, you know, in science, you do whatever is necessary to try to get a response. Okay. Um, and so you think of all possible uh, things you could do mm-hmm. to try and interact with what might be there and then try to figure out ways you can kind of control those things so that if you do get a response, you can make certain it's not an, an obvious natural explanation. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we, we start just asking like general questions. We call them EVP sessions, electronic voice phenomenon sessions, where we'll just ask, you know, we'll introduce ourselves. Hey, you know, my name is Noah. These are my friends. Name ourselves. And we're not here to hurt you or make you leave. We just want to try to communicate with you. So if you'd like to communicate with us, could you please come forward and tell us your name? That's kind of like the first standard thing. Okay. We stay starting every investigation. Uh, but it can vary. You know, if we hear that there's supposed to be some sort of evil, negative thing that's supposed to be there, which in a lot of places to go to do have some of those claims, um, we still start out nice, right? We still, okay. you know, kind of doing the basic thing, the standard greeting, asking what's your name, that sort of stuff. But if we're going through the investigation and we don't have any sort of responses that we can tell, then, you know, we might say, hey, well, you know, uh, you know, you might like this place, but hey, maybe I might have to burn it down. You know, what do you think? How do you think about that? (laughs) You know, or, you know, sometimes they have items there that they're supposedly associated with or attached to. um, And we might threaten those sorts of things. Or uh, if they were if they committed a crime, if they were a rapist or, you know, a child molester or something like that, we bring that up. You know, you're a piece of crap. You know, why would you do that sort of stuff Mm -hmm. just to see if that might elicit a different response? But you always you can never reel that back in sort of thing. Right. So like you got to kind of start with the nice part. If you go start right off saying, Hey, you're an asshole. Uh, I don't think that's going to work well if it was like some little girl's <laughs> yeah, like, oh, right. well, I'm going to go over here now. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> so uh, we're open to all things, but in general, we're pretty, uh, you know, mild mannered as far as the, what we're doing, but we're open to any possibility. Okay. So can I ask the question? Do you think ghosts are dead people? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> is the answer to that question. Okay. Uh, there's lots of theories, right? Yeah, um, we just a, don't know. A lot of, I, I shouldn't say theories. Theories is a bad word. The, uh, the the good word is idea. Theories have evidence to support them. We don't really have any evidence to support that. So I can say it's a, there's lots of ideas about what the paranormal are. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't have any evidence to support one, any one of those ideas. So with that in mind, we kind of try to, we're very open-minded about the possibilities and try to take that into account on our investigations. And when he says we, he mm-hmm. doesn't mean like us as a group. We, he means we as a paranormal field. Okay. Yeah. Nobody has that evidence. So, right. so would you say the field in, in general has basically no hard evidence at this point? A lot of opinions. Yeah. yeah. I, I would agree with opinions. that. Yeah. yeah. There's not wow. hard evidence. No at hard all. evidence. Okay. Wow. Yeah. That's really interesting. Um, and unfortunate. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> it really is. Cause I bet that makes things hard to repeat, um, and that sort of thing. Um, I know you, you kind of touched on this already. Um, but, but do you have like a standard methodology? Um, like it it sounds like you do try to repeat the same thing over and over with the same tools. Yeah. I mean, science is about repetition, right? Mm -hmm. If you get a set of circumstances together and you get a result, you always have to repeat that result. And so we're always very careful about documenting exactly what we're doing. So when Gravy is talking about our trigger object bags, Mm -hmm. the reason why they're exactly the same is if I'm on an investigation that Gravy isn't on or vice versa, we want to make sure that we're using the same tools on those different investigations. So if we do get a response, we can be confident that's not just because, oh, well, you had, you know, uh, Jim Beam's whiskey and I had Jack Daniel's whiskey and that's why we (laughs) had a result. Yeah. As an example. So that's why 
why they're, you know, exactly the same, right down to the color of the bouncy balls that we have inside of the kit. Oh, wow. So you don't know what's going to make a difference, right? right? So by having it be the same, we can rule that possibility out as the, to the reasoning why. So we do have kind of a, a pattern, I would say, as far as like the pattern being the process. We go in, what are the claims? Evaluate those claims. Mm-hmm. Can we come up with explanations for those claims? Test those explanations we come up with. Are the, does that result in a replication of the claims, yes or no? And then based off of that, move forward. New hypotheses for what those explanation, what those claims could be caused by and new tests. If we come up with nothing else, then documentation with audio and video and go about doing the investigation. Cool. A lot of documentation. A yeah. lot. I bet. And that's that's awesome that you guys do that. Um, I mean, we pretty much do it from the time we arrive at a location all the way right up to the time we leave at a location. So. Yeah. I've always been really interested in uh, Bobby Mackey's. So I, uh, just from, have you heard of Bobby Mackey's? I don't know. Have you been there before? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So I obviously went on your website, did a little bit of research, you know, that's good. Uh, That's good. Yep. I looked at, I looked at the, uh, the Bobby Mackey's, uh, case that you guys had. Mm -hmm. And I just, I was in awe of the level of detail you guys have. It's like, at this time, we 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 felt this. At this time, someone saw this. At this time, this happened. I was like, "Oh, dang!" And we this do is that way more. We do that so other groups can read those reports and try to replicate what we did. Wow. Uh, maybe they'll find a reason for something that we couldn't find a reason for. So yeah. we, we put everything out there that we possibly can. So that way, it's I mean, the devil's in the details, right? Yeah. yeah. So even the pieces of equipment that we use, the types of uh, recorders, the cameras, like all that matters. So if someone's interested, like, "Oh, I'm going to go investigate this place." Uh, how did you do it? What did you find? Mm-hmm. Uh, what things did you try? Maybe I want to try those things too to see if I can replicate what you found. Or, hey, that gives me an idea about something else that you guys didn't do. And then what we would love to know is, oh, what did you find when right. you did that? So then we can you, know, you can build upon it. That's really how we would hope the field would, would act. But the problem is, is this is a field of amateurs. Right. And we're all doing this in our free time. So many, many, many people do not want to go to that level of detail because mm-hmm. it is a lot light work mm-hmm. to do it that way. You can't just kind of show up and, you know, throw, throw a couple pieces of equipment out or just carry everything with you and have fun and then go home. Um, that's just not how we do it because it's, to me, that'd be a waste of time. It might be more fun in the in the short term, right? But when I'm away from my family, you know, I'm taking time off of work mm-hmm. to do these sorts of things. I'm going to make damn sure that it's worthwhile, in yeah. my in my opinion, and trying to put as much of my scientific training as I can into it. Definitely. Unfortunately, there's a lot of thrill seekers in this field too, so they're out there just for the fun, mm-hmm. trying to get that thrill, and they don't care about reports or details. Yeah, they just want to get spooked. Yeah. yeah. What What do you guys think of like the um? reality slash paranormal shows that are out there do you respect them at all or are they kind of a joke to you guys so i mean i respect them from the standpoint that it opens up doors for us sure so when ghost hunters came around as i said i mean that's kind of gave me the idea that this is a possibility it obviously gave that same idea to millions of other people Mm yeah um and that is good in the respect that other locations chud now other businesses even people who have private residences it became more acceptable to say, oh yeah, I think I have something going on in my fill in the blank. And can you come look at it or can you, you know, investigate it? Without that, you you have limited places that you can go and do these sorts of things. Mm-hmm. We're beholding to people coming and saying, yes, you can come in and do an investigation here. Without that, we have our own houses uh, and that'd be about it that we could do, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it's, it's a positive in that respect. Uh, but some of the things, you know, Ghost Adventures is terrible 
absolutely okay. terrible <laughs> uh, as far as it comes. Everything is is evil and demonic, and that's just not how it actually is. Okay. And it's good for Hollywood. It yeah, sells yeah. for Hollywood, but it doesn't sell for us and for people that are actually scared. And it sure. scares the crap out of people because yeah. if they think that something even similar to that is happening, like, oh my God, I, there's a demon in my house and I'm going to get yeah. possessed and murder my family. Like, these are things that we actually have to deal with. Yeah. There's a lot of psychology to this. And so it doesn't help. That um, wasn't paranormal, by no. the way. That no, was, yeah. That was motion that, sensor. The, go, the ghost, the ghost that was be, holding the light right. uh, had to go on in here to take five. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I, I look at them as uh, a necessary evil yeah. because it keeps the interest up in what we do and it will give us opportunities to be able to really tell people how it is as far as what investigation is and what sorts of things you do come across as a paranormal investigator. And it's not like the TV shows. Yeah. And that's what I enjoy doing. Did, well, you got, did you guys grow up with like a Unsolved Mysteries? Was that a big deal? That's pretty much what started me into all this. Oh, I was, I was going to ask you, we didn't I'm get a little a older than him, so I was even pre-internet. <laughs> like pre a <laughs> Robert Stack's you, you voice were, freaked the hell out. You were pre-running car, right? You were... Yeah, oh, right. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the auto carriage really was the next big thing for you. <laughs> I wrote a T-Rex. Yeah, right. day, so whatever. yeah, Gravy, I don't think you got a chance to kind of give us your origin story. Like what, what got you into it? So mine started out with Unsolved Mysteries. I used to watch that right all the time as a child. Yeah. Um, and my favorite stories on it weren't the ones about the kidnappings, but the ones about uh, uh, spirits and, mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So yeah. um, I grew up with that and then I kind of put a back burner on it for several years until um, until Ghost Hunters came out. A friend of mine said, hey, you should watch the show. So I was watching the show and I was like, oh, this is kind of hogwash. <laughs> and then uh, and then my wife's like, oh, there's this group doing a library presentation down at uh, mm -hmm. in Brown Deer. So I'm like, oh, I'll go check it out. I'll call my buddy up and we'll go down there and we went down, I saw him and his, his posse at the time. <laughs> and uh, my buddy actually got a job with PIM. Well, not a job because it doesn't pay. And I put air quotes around right. that. Um, but he it's started- exactly like a job. <laughs> yeah. But you get nothing. Yes. <laughs> and you give a lot. Right. <laughs> and uh, so I, he joined the group. And for about a year, he was in the group before I finally joined. Cool. So Awesome. How many, uh, how many members strong is PIM? We have eight members right now. Okay. Um, the thing I think is amazing, I didn't know any of these people before I started the group. Like I started with absolutely just my idea and a free website on BraveNet. And <laughs> somehow people were able to find through either the library events that we were doing or just found the website that way. So I got to meet a lot of really interesting people I never would have known if it wasn't for the group. Cool. Very cool. And Graves okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> He's cool too, I guess. <laughs> he keeps me around for some reason. I don't know. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so I want to go back to the shows real quick. Okay. Um, have you guys seen the footage of them actually faking like a collar being tugged and, and ghost hunters like and ghost hunters? Yeah. 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 I have seen that. Yeah. Um, and there's been a lot of, uh, even, uh, Aaron from ghost adventures has yeah. basically called out the stuff that they've done on their own show. Mm -hmm. Um, just, you know, for basically for ratings and like, I respect that more because instead of saying, Oh no, no, all that stuff happened. <laughs> yeah. Like it's all yep. legit. Right. <laughs> like I understand there's a ratings like pressure that you need to get that going. Otherwise you're not going to have a TV show. Um, I mean, I never would do that. I'd be like, well, fine. Then I guess we're not going to have a TV show. Like it's just as how it is. And that's just going to have to be how it is. But, um, it, it, it's things like that, which put a, uh, you know, a, a shadow over all investigators that were just a bunch of charlatans. Mm -hmm. We are often like 
many times we're rolled into the same category as psychics and mediums, mm-hmm. uh, even though we're usually investigating those types of people, not working with them. Oh, absolutely. Um, but it's like, <laughs> you know, difference. you're just trying to get money out of people. And it's just like, no, we don't charge anything. Yeah. I mean, the only time we charge is when we do do fundraisers. Like we, like we've done one here at Chud No Work. We'll sell tickets to give the public an opportunity to see how we do our investigations. And we yeah. kind of have a guided investigation with all of our gear out. We do it exactly how we do. And then we split the ticket sales with the no location that we're at. Oh, nice. So that's just to afford like our website and stuff like that. Cause again, nonprofit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, but otherwise it's all, it's all free. Like we don't, yeah. we don't charge for any of that sort of stuff. So uh, it, it's, it's an uphill battle sometimes like, no, 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 separate. Like that's, that's two different things. We don't, we're not the same as that. We're trying to find out the truth about what's going on, regardless if it's paranormal or otherwise. You're good. <laughs> I'll just fix it for you. I right. keep clicking. Yeah. It's all good. No I worries. Talk with my hands. Right. <laughs> so, so what do you think about, I, I've seen like every episode of all the shows just because they are very entertaining. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally like ghost adventures better. Okay. And I think Aaron is a complete goofball. Mm-hmm. So he's, you know, you see him going into a basement of a house and he's got his respirator on and everything just because right. he's afraid of everything. Uh-huh. I don't know if you have like a favorite show or anything like that. Have you actually even watched all of them or? So I, do you watch much of them? Anymore? I don't have any cable. They're too busy so. doing the real deal. Yeah. I guess I, so. I'm Netflixing all the time if I'm yeah. not out investigating. Yeah. So. I, I do watch them and really it's because uh, we'll be at a library event or we'll be at an event we're having and someone will come, hey, did you see that one thing at that one show? And oh my God, it was so amazing. And I'm like, yeah, I did see it. And this is actually what happened. And so <laughs> by being able to stay abreast of those sorts of things allows me to be able to educate on the spot instead of being like, you know what? No, I didn't see that. Maybe I'll have to look into it. And then later on find out, oh, this is a, you know, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And by that time that person's long gone, right? I'm not going to be able to find them again to, to give them that explanation. So it's really important for me in that respect. I mean, I waste a lot of time watching them in my opinion. <laughs> my wife keeps saying, why do you keep watching this? Cause you just keep swearing at the TV. It's for like, science. Well, basically it's what I say. <laughs> so I can tell that one little old lady that this is not, not a thing that she needs to worry about yeah. because I can specifically talk to that one episode that she saw. And we've actually had one of those moments where we got to go somewhere that ghost adventures had been experienced something we experienced the same thing and mm-hmm. then oh, figured wow. out what it was um there was an episode at mansfield reformatory where um we were there probably a few months prior to yeah. them airing the show we had something happen we couldn't figure out what it was at the time mm-hmm. we got excited but we were there with uh, there was lots of people there roaming the place at the same time mm-hmm. so we moved on because people started coming in that room and we moved on and then they aired a show where he claimed a rock was thrown at him Mm-hmm. in this one room. And we're like, whoa, we were in that room. Yeah. And so the, we went back, we rented out the whole place to ourselves so there's nobody else there. We wow. actually went into that room and we realized that the ceiling is made out of concrete. Okay. And because it's not climate controlled, the it was crumbling, it was falling apart. And yeah. so uh, rocks, concrete chunks were falling and hitting the stairs and, and flying all over the place and you can just see it littered all over the floor and we're mm-hmm. like, that's exactly what it was. Wow. But they, you know, for entertainment purposes, purposes they made it sound like right. it was thrown at them. Was that... There was one, they had a documentary before they actually had their show. Yeah. And that, the part where the brick like flies through the That's air. That's at the gold that field. Yeah. That, that is the moment that I was watching TV and I was like, this stuff is fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you can explain that at all. That was but. probably the same moment for him too, because. He, that's his dream location to go to right now. Yeah, yeah. I want to go to Goldfield because I want, because I, I watched that. Like, yeah. and there's a number of things in that documentary which I thought were very interesting. Uh, now, how their TV show has kind of devolved makes me question it mm-hmm. because, again, 
they're filmmakers. Yeah. Uh, so how much of that was real? I mean, I, the fact I liked about the documentary is they actually then went and talked to, you know, quote unquote experts. Yep. Like, yep. can you see if this was fake? How was the project? You know, they talked to physicists and video experts and things like that to try and, and confirm and prove that what they captured was not something that they created themselves. And I think Zach said that that's the moment where he decided that this was going to be like his career or something after that happened. Oh, I didn't hear that. Yeah, I didn't hear that. What is it's Goldfield you're saying? Goldfield Hotel, yeah. Goldfield okay. Hotel in Goldfield, Goldfield uh, Nevada is where I would like, that's one of the locations I'd like to investigate for sure. And could you give us a little background on that? Like, it's just a paranormal hotbed? Yeah, I mean, really, I don't think anyone ever heard of it, or mm-hmm. at least not outside of the, lo- the local locals, if you will, sure. um, except for the Ghost Adventures documentary that they did. Um, it was basically closed off to the public until recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was only by like special permission that you could get a- access in there. But I, I don't know if the person passed away who had owned it previously or if or someone else bought it, but now they're basically kind of cleaning it up and allowing people back in there to investigate again that. And they have a school, oh, I wow. guess, over there too. Uh, but, you know, there was just a lot of really interesting things that happened on the documentary, lots of interesting claims. And, you know, for us, the better the claim, the more, you know, fantastic the claim, Mm -hmm. the more things we can figure out, try to figure out to explain it. And so going and having those first hand experiences in those locations, seeing them, seeing what you're dealing with uh, is what we spend a lot of our times doing. We haven't been able to do it at Goldfield yet. We've done it at a lot of the number, you know, we, we I talked about expeditions before. That's what we're doing. We're going to these locations that have been on TV most of the time, have these fantastic claims and see that space for ourselves and then try to see. We do exhaustive research on everything that was ever said to have happened there, what's been on TV there. And then we make a very detailed plan and go step by step. Okay, these are the locations that are supposed to be the hotspots. Here's where the cameras are going to go, where the audio is going to go. These are the trigger objects we're going to specifically bring for that location. And here are the tests that we're going to do to see if we can replicate or come up with explanations for the claims uh, of things that have happened there. And we do that because we pay for these locations to go into them and we have very limited time. Sure. So we plan everything ahead. So when we go in there, it's bam, bam, bam. We do what we got to do. Yep. Wow. And how, how often do you guys actually get into the field? So not maybe specifically specifically in expedition like that, but just like a local Milwaukee house or something like that. We probably actually go to a house maybe once a month at this point. Okay. Um, it used to be a lot more. We used to do about 40 cases a year. Oh, wow. Uh, actual investigations. Um, but through experience, we've gotten better at kind of figuring out things mm-hmm. before we actually have to do a full-blown mm-hmm. investigation. Uh, we have... One, we have one right now uh, that we're working on that we um, are probably doing a setting investigation here in the next week or so. And we did a uh, residence back in dis- November, December, January. January, January. No, oh, oh February. Right. Oh, yeah, a, February. a Milwaukee residence. Yeah. So and then we have another one this month. Right. We have a hotel that we're doing this month. Oh, wow. Oh, cool. Uh, awesome. Not not Milwaukee, actually, Madison. Okay, nice. Um, but the yeah, first one in Madison, too. Yeah, first way. first investigation for us in Madison. Do you have, like, a, a backlog of cases that you want to get to, or? No. No. We so get contacted a lot of times by people, but they're, they oftentimes will not contact us back. <laughs> so oh, really? we'll, like, contact them back with, like, can you tell us more information, or, you know, can you give me some more documentation or something like that, mm-hmm. and then we just don't hear from them. And for our perspective, it's a lot of work on our end. So like if they're not, 
if it's not bothering them enough or they can't come back to us on a somewhat timely manner, like within a couple of days, it's probably not that important to them. And then it shouldn't really be important to us. The demons sure. got him, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or that. That's they always a possibility. Should have contacted us sooner. Yeah. yeah, right. They waited too long. Do, I, got a, I got a power pack that's charged up and ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> do folks usually accept your findings or do they usually have their set in stone? I think it is my dead husband or my dead wife. We've had a few different cases that mm-hmm. are similar to both those situations. We've had some where the people are so frightened and then we come in there, we give them explanations for things that are going on and they're so ecstatic. Uh, they don't have to sell their house and move out. Yeah, yeah. Um, We've actually had people that have contacted us after they have already moved out. Oh, wow. And so if they would have just contacted us bef- contacted us beforehand, we yep. probably could have been like, you know, it's not so bad here. I don't know what you're worried about. Yeah, right. Um, and then I've had a couple cases where I would walk in there to do the investigation and they would flat out say, I don't care what you find. I just want to know. I want you to confirm what's going on. Hmm. Like, well, that's not how we work. Right. We're going to look for explanations and tell you what we find. And if it's the truth and the facts, we'll give you those. Sure. Whether you like them or not. So. Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely people sometimes that are not happy with what we, you know, come up with like mm-hmm. explanations, very common sense explanations for things that we yeah. can replicate exactly what they said. And they're like, well, I don't care what you say. Uh, I know this is something paranormal. And it's like, all right, well, you know, we're not going to say that. And mm-hmm. this is how our report's going to read because it's, again, about the truth, about what's going on, not what you want to have going on and not what you hope to have going on, but mm-hmm. what's actually going on is what we're after. And I mean, and not to be callous, like if someone thinks it's, you know, if it's some little old lady and she thinks it's her dead husband or vice versa, like we're not going to just like crap all over that and be like, oh, no, lady, this is obviously just the pipes. Right. Like we do have a heart <laughs> uh, about that and say, you know, if, as long as we don't see it like taking over their life, like they're living their life, yeah. like someone is still around that isn't, then we're like, yeah, you know, that might be possible that, you know, they someone's coming and visiting you or whatever. Like as long as that seems to be a healthy thing and not an yeah. unhealthy thing, we're okay. I'm okay stretching it a little bit. I'm not going to bold face lie to her sure. or him um, or them if it's a family. But uh, at the same token, like we're not just heartless, yeah. cruel people to just, just want to like, I know you think it's this, but it's definitely not. Speak, it's the cat. Speak for, speak for yourself. <laughs> Yeah. I'm You're heartless. Nuts, lady. I'll tell them anything. <laughs> and I'll tell them the truth right to their face. <laughs> Bob, I, I want you to tell your story. All right, I'll tell my story. Can we be honest with you then? Tell you the yeah, yeah. You're All fucking right. nuts, Bob. <laughs> I'm All right. seeing professional help. Right. <laughs> All right, so here's my story. So I was uh, standing in my kitchen, uh, filling like a stock pot full of water. Mm-hmm. And it was about a third of the way full. And I don't know why. It hasn't happened to me since. Hasn't happened to me before. Got an overwhelming sense of terror that came over me. Uh, very weird feeling to the point where I had to leave the kitchen with the water still running. And I went in my living room, um, sat down. And it, it, I eventually got enough courage to go back into the kitchen, shut off the water, Everything was fine, perfectly normal. A couple hours later, I'm still a little like, what the hell was that? The, my clock fell off the wall. Hmm. And I'm like, huh, that was that was terrifying. <laughs> um, and it didn't necessarily just like fall straight down. It went across my, my kitchen floor. Hmm. Yeah, so it was it was one of those things like, huh, that, uh, and, and I, I, I'll be flat honest, I, I'm not one who really believes in ghosts or, or, or that sort of thing. So, mm-hmm. um but yeah, it was a very uh, memorable event for me. Hmm. Yeah. Um, this is your apartment? Correct. 
uh, what floor? So I, so I live in a four unit building mm -hmm. and I am on the second floor. Second floor. Okay. Nothing above you. Correct. Correct. Um, is, is there power lines outside that window or um, where the kitchen faces at all? Do you know on the outside of the building or does that wall face another unit? I like how you guys get scientific right away. This is awesome. <laughs> um, so nope, there it's, there's the common wall that the clock would have been on mm -hmm. is with my bedroom that would have been unoccupied. Okay. Um, it's all underground power lines. Okay. Okay. So no lines outside. And you're by yourself. Correct. Was the clock hanging from a thumbnail? It, I will say that. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. It was not, it, it, it was just like a, a, a screw with like maybe number three head on it. So it wasn't a big, uh, did the screw come out of the wall or did the clock just fell off the screw? Screw was still in the wall. Still in the wall. Yeah, okay. Was the battery okay? Like the battery didn't pop or anything like that? Battery did not pop. The battery was completely dead for, the clock was not in use for. Oh, well, that was a ghost telling you to change the damn yeah, battery. Yeah, right. <laughs> what the hell? How can I tell right. what time it is if you don't change the yeah, battery? Yeah, right. You're always late for a reason. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was, that was, that's my story. Like that's. That's the most. Has it I've has it like changed your life? Have you are you a confirmed believer of ghosts now? Oh no. Okay, good. No, no. It, just it, checking. Yeah. It, it. Other than it just being like, what the hell is that? Mm -hmm. Um. I. You know. I have obviously haven't moved or anything like that. So. Sure. It, and it hasn't happened again. It has similar. not happened since. No. Um. Yeah. It really didn't affect my life more than the question of well, that was a freaky set of events. Sure. Yeah. It's most likely just coincidental. Yeah. In my opinion yeah um especially since you know you always, it's all about patterns right so mm -hmm. you said has it happened before has it happened since mm -hmm. and you have no other things maybe not related to that that have happened in that apartment i presume mm -hmm. so i mean that's a that's a one-off right yep but we'll get contacted by people from that one-off because it is very disturbing to some people yeah to the point like oh my god something must be trying to do something here because it definitely scared me yeah and i don't want to feel that way again so please come and get rid of whatever's here mm -hmm. and i'll and then we ask well what's happening well this happened this happened all right what else well that was it yeah okay well i mean that's i understand how you could be upset by that however you know, we need a little bit more it, it's got to be going on for a, a somewhat a recent time frame mm -hmm. for us to go in there. So what we'll generally tell people in that situation and what I would tell you if you're interested in doing it mm -hmm. is what we call journaling. Okay. So anytime something happens that you think might be related to whatever happened to you in that kitchen, mm -hmm. you write down the time, the date, and as much detail as possible about what happened. Well, I don't know the time because the clock's broke. Yes. That's the problem. <laughs> so. so first get a, yes. get a, a double A. Get a damn battery. <laughs> Put it in the clock. <laughs> so, you, so when it falls off the wall, you can look at it and say, oh, okay, was it this time? Yeah, right. <laughs> um, and then you can write that down. And then after two, we usually say two week time frame. And mm -hmm. in two weeks time frame, whatever happened, you know, get back to us, let us know. Mm -hmm. We generally don't hear back from people because they realize in two weeks time, frame nothing happened like yeah, not yeah. much happened so oh maybe it's not that big of a deal or when people are forced to start writing and documenting stuff they start looking for explanations that they wouldn't normally do they normally like you did you went into the living room and stayed out of the kitchen for a while yeah instead of sticking around okay well what could have that was there's was there a draft that i felt that maybe sent chills down you know but most people run and they hide or yeah they, you know and, and then anything else that happens after that they might attribute to being paranormal but when we have them document then they're starting to look for reasons and patterns and then they're starting to see for themselves that, oh, there's explanations for all this stuff. Yeah, I wondered if maybe for some reason it was like the sound of the water going into the pot frightened me because that was even before the 
the, the clock happened. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I don't know what it was, but it was a very, very funky feeling. Sure. Uh, yeah. I do know that when you are when you start to get freaked out, it starts ramping up more mm-hmm. and more and more. Mm-hmm. We did an episode with a paranormal investigator from Florida mm-hmm. recently, and he was telling me a story over Facebook chat, voice chat, and it was really freaking me out. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, God. Is there something moving in the in my office? I'm like sitting here listening, and then I'm I'm looking at my computer screen. And I see something in the corner of my eye. And I'm like, oh god! <laughs> so, Self fulfilling prophecy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It you can get worked up over mm-hmm. over small stuff. It's so. very common. Has that ever happened to you guys when you've been on site and something is just like that freaked me out? Gravy often brings an extra pair of underwear to our investigations. <laughs> I haven't had to use them yet though. Yeah, right. But uh, most definitely that one time. I, to be honest with you, that is very possible. I don't watch scary movies for that reason alone. I just, I don't, your imagination plays a lot yeah. just in your daily life. And mm-hmm. uh, to be at a location imagining a movie I just watched over the weekend or something and starting to scare me, I don't want that going through my head while I'm on I want to be clear minded when I'm in a, on an investigation. Yeah, definitely. As I said, psychology plays a very big role in what we do. And mm-hmm. fear is a very strong motivator for a lot of people. And so, I mean, half the things that we go in and, do, well, probably more than half, probably, 95% of the things we investigate are things that would have been readily figured out if people would have stayed and figured them out, you know, looked to figure out what the thing they heard, saw, felt was related to. Yeah. Um, but obviously we know fear is, is very powerful and they just want to get out of there. The fight or flight response kicks in. You have heightened, you know, hearing, you have heightened, uh, 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 uh vision, but it's very focused. So the whole corner of the eye effect thing happens, which, uh, what was that over there? Oh my God. And then it just, it, it steamrolls. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, it's, it's understandable. Like I don't, I never fault someone because if you can tell when you talk to them that if they're, if they were really afraid or not, or, oh, this is kind of fun. Sometimes we get that. Oh, I think it's really neat that my house is haunted. Hmm. <laughs> it's like, okay, uh, why are we here? <laughs> right. If you think it's cool, then <laughs> great. Do, do they usually stay with you guys and, and join you for the investigation? No, we try you- to, uh, we try to limit how many people are on an investigation and we try to limit to just us because we know what we're doing. We've been doing it long enough. Okay. Uh, we have control set up for ourselves mm-hmm. um, that we don't, can't do for the client. Now there are times where we do, we may ask the client to come back at a certain point if yep. there's activity surrounding them yep. or we think just by having their presence there mm-hmm. um, might cause something to happen. So uh, mm-hmm. there is that possibility, but most of the time we try to have them, their pets, their family leave the premises during sure. an investigation. Okay. So what's your biggest like gotcha? Like, someone's claiming something's happening and you were able to explain it and they were like, oh, okay. Would it be that Kenosha house? No, what the... The, the what? paintings falling off the wall and the plug falling out and yeah. the... I oh, think well. so. That's probably the and, uh, easiest one. <laughs> yeah, so we get, this is a family that was really scared. They're ready to move out. Um, they were actually uh, going into the bathroom to shower. One was sitting on the on the uh, toilet while the other one showered and then they'd switch because, like with a shotgun because like, they were afraid of uh, something being, alone, basically. being yeah. alone in the bathroom anywhere um, in the house. Uh, yeah. Wow. And so one of the claims is they had a painting that would fall off the, or it was on a nail and it would like go crooked. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had like a really heavy, um, what are those, uh, scented like plug in glade things yeah. that had like the fluid on the top that yeah. they put in the outlet and it would, they'd walk, it would fall on the ground. They'd find it on the floor all the time. 
Turns out that it was really loosely in the outlet. So when you stepped on the floorboards just right, it would fall out. Oh, just sure. vibration. Just so vibration. it wasn't immediate. If you plugged it in and walked away, it'd be fine. But if walking back and forth over the course of a day could easily have enough vibration for the thing to come out. It just, the outlet needed to be replaced. It was just worn out. And then the, the painting itself was mm-hmm. heavy enough on one side that it would just slide to an angle on the thing. Getting vibration. On the, on the nail vibration. Wow, that's we so could, fun. We could replicate it by bouncing around upstairs in the children's bedroom just above where the painting was. Mm-hmm. Wow. And then the bathroom was I believe the faucet was what would turn on by itself. That's why they're afraid to be in there. Okay. And we think that was just what loose plumbing that was or the plumbing was forcing the the it, faucet to open up. We had hypotheses on that when we couldn't get it get it to do right. it while we were there, but um, because we were able to kind of find explanations for other things, it probably was something to do with the fixture itself. Um, sometimes when you have water softeners or hot water heaters when they kick on, if there's any sort of pumps involved, yeah. you can get some back pressure that can actually force that valve, valve open just a little bit. And once you get a little bit that, you know, water can really start turning stuff so it can, mm-hmm. and when they say it was on, you know, we never saw it happen. So we don't know. So people say, Oh, it was on full blast. And actually it was just like just trickling a little bit, but sure. you know, without being there, it's hard to say. All right. And that was one of those cases where they were, completely ecstatic when we could come up with explanations. Oh, that's awesome. They were just sleeping together in the living room. Wow. All together. That's, that's amazing to me how like the human mind and group think can kind of just make, make everybody involved basically swarm into terror. Yep. And, and you guys come in and, and your, your outlet's a little loose and it's bad plumbing. Yep. Like that's fascinating to me. Yeah. And, and, you know, a lot of times we're dealing with families with small children, right? So the children yeah. are just taking their cues from the parents. Yeah. And we'll ask a lot of times, well, have you discussed any of these things with your kids or in front of your kids? Because mm-hmm. even like, oh, no, Jimmy doesn't have any idea about any of this. I'm like, okay, are you sure? Because kids are around a lot more than adults realize, especially when you're a, a parent and you're like worrying about everything else you have to worry about. You're not worrying exactly what Jimmy's, you know. Off, mm-hmm. You think off playing, you know, occupied in the next room, but is hearing everything you're talking with your spouse about. So uh, th- a lot of times kids actually have a good idea about what's going on, especially if it's affecting the parents oh, and they're going to take their cues from the parents. If the parents are scared, the kids are going to be scared most sure. of the time. Wow. Um, and, and you, I know you referred to yourself as a scientist earlier. Is that what you do in your, your day job? Yeah, so I have a bachelor's degree in biology. I have two master's degrees, one in epidemiology and one in cell biology. So I work, um, I will not use my uh, employer's uh, name. We don't either. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) uh, But I do work in science. Uh, I did, I I, I used to work for the Medical College of Wisconsin. I did basic science research there for over a decade. And so I moved on recently to uh, a business here in uh, uh, in Milwaukee. Oh, and I'm a science enthusiast, so I just follow his lead. Sure. Right. <laughs> Do so. I, I know you guys said that you also work with the, um, paranormal community at large as well. Um, is there like a database or anything that you guys share with your information or, or does everybody kind of hold their self, um, their information close to their heart? So um, there, there has been some attempts to put together like an evidence database where mm-hmm. people could deposit evidence. Um, it hasn't really met with any sort of success. And the reason is, is there are no accepted standards for doing a paranormal investigation. And really, that's where you need to start. You need to have protocols that people follow, because if everyone just uploads everything they think is an EVP or, you mm-hmm. know, evidence of the paranormal, you're going to have everything from, you know, someone who coughed on the third floor that was captured on a recorder in the basement to, you know, the orb, the dust particles floating around in front of somebody's video camera. Mm-hmm. And so that's the problem. And because we're the field is a group of amateurs doing this, 
in their spare time for no money, mm-hmm. uh, it's really difficult to get people to try to adhere that sort of thing. Sure. Now, that being said, we do have a couple groups across the country that we have done some work with um, that are, we're, we're of like mind as trying to make, it's not about calling something haunted or saying I have mm-hmm. paranormal evidence, but what's the truth about what's going on here? And we have trying to tried to do and shared technique. We've shared equipment that we've developed or utilized on our investigations and um, to, in an attempt to try and you know have that sort of uh, uh, continuity between different teams. So you can have someone using the same equipment, the same protocols, but different people in the same location and then seeing if that results in the same as another team experience or something different. Mm-hmm. And that's how you can really start trying to draw correlations. Awesome. Awesome. Cool. So what what has been your favorite place and, and what, or what has been your favorite evidence so far? Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> this um, is the big one, right? Yeah. <laughs> I think, I mean, my favorite place I think that we did investigation at was probably Bobby Mackey's because of the case that you referred to. Yep. Um, that is the location that had the best incidents of something that I couldn't come up with a ready explanation for. Um, and it happened two times in one investigation. And um, the most infuriating thing about it is it was not replicatable. Mm-hmm. So we went back and we basically redid the night exactly how we did it before um, with as close to the same group of people there as we could. Mm-hmm. And we were not able to get the same you know piece things to occur. I think I know what it is. Was, it, was it the push? Yeah, the yeah. push, the pushes. <laughs> yeah, the pushes. The pushes. Yeah. yeah. Um, one of our investigators, uh, we were doing a walkthrough, uh, a tour, if you will, before we do the investigation. And I was just trying to get through it because to me, it's a waste of time. At Bob Mackey's, you're paying um, $700, $600 for five and a half hours of time. And that includes everything from basically the time you walk into the location to the time that you have to have all your crap out. Yep. So I'm like, I don't want to be here. Like just get out of my way so I can start setting up my equipment sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, so the, tour guide was talking about claims, which we already knew because again, research. And uh, one of my, the investigators, Missy, um, she's not an active member of the team right now. Uh, She was standing uh, about 10 feet in front of me, a little bit to my right. And she suddenly fell over backwards. And I was concerned uh, because there was, it was right by these barrels where they would have beer bottles from the bar come up from. And there, some of them don't make the barrel and there's broken glass oh, wow. on the floor. And so I was like, you know, be careful. Like there's broken glass on the floor. Are you okay? And so I went over to help her up and she had this really shocked look on her face. And I'm like, oh crap. She, she cut herself, you know, like yeah. she slid backwards and her hands are all cut up. I'm like, oh, this is going to be a big this is really going to cut into our time. Yeah. <laughs> Missy, go away in the car. Yeah, right. Here, here's two handfuls of paper towels. We'll get back to you in go six bleed hours. Out in the car. <laughs> and she goes, I, she, she says, I'm like, are you okay? She goes, yeah, but something just pushed me. And I was like, no, you just, you were moving backwards and you tripped over your feet. I've seen it happen a hundred times. No, something pushed me two hands square in my chest and, when she moved backwards, when I thought about it again, she went back about four feet. So to just fall down is one thing, but to actually mm-hmm. move that distance would, would take some either really good um, Pratt falling lessons at <laughs> uh, expensive acting <laughs> yeah, academy, right. um, or there had to be some external force there to be able to do it. Yeah. So, 
you know, I picked her up. She was fine physically and like even mentally. And I give Missy a lot of credit for that. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, if they think they, if they believe whether it, it happened or not, if they believe that they were pushed down by something they couldn't see, that will be the end for a lot of people. Like I'm, oh, I'm out. Yeah. Me included. I'm out. I, that's <laughs> when that second pair of shorts comes in. I, yeah, yeah. I joke, I joke about it, but I, you know, until that experience happens, I have no idea how I'm going to react. Yeah. So she was very calm. You know, she didn't break down or anything. She just, I'm like, you know, I was asking a lot of questions like, okay, what happened? So we, we went out for a little bit and then kind of finished doing the, um, so Bobby Mackey's is separated. You have to physically walk outside of the bar to be able to get into the basement. You okay. can't, there's no internal access. So we went out and we, he had to investigate the upper part of the uh, building first. So we were doing that. And then we came back down to the basement around 11 o'clock that mm-hmm. night. And we went into a room called the wall of faces room. Um, and the wall of faces, it's called the wall of faces room. Okay. Yeah. It's because supposedly if you look at the wall, it's like modeled. And so you can like see faces in there. If you look, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's pareidolia. Yeah. Um, but anyways, that's what they call it. So that's why if I, Talk, everyone will know what I talk about if they've ever been to Matt Bobby Mackey's or watched Bobby Mackey's on any of the TV shows. They'll know Wall of Faces room. Okay. So we were in there investigating. We were in a circle sitting around this area. There's supposed to be children in this area. That's that's the claim. So there's toys. We're like trying to get things to interact with toys. Uh, and then I said, okay, let's all stand up and back away from the table. Because I thought, well, maybe us being close to the table is not allowing something to interact with the toys. So we all st- stood up. Gravy was right where he was here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was here and Missy was right here. Now, after this happened, we actually put a portable rig uh, that we were wearing so I could have a camera try, try to face it towards Missy at all times because unfortunately, as you see from the evidence on the website, mm-hmm. we didn't have a camera going when we were doing the walkthrough because we generally don't have cameras doing the walkthrough. We just have the audio, which we do have on the uh, website. But now we had cameras. So we had a camera, a stationary camera in the room. And then we also had this camera on myself. So I'm kind of trying to angle this way so I can get her in the frame while we're standing there. Mm -hmm. But I was unsuccessful, unfortunately, in that. But um, there was no investigator. They weren't part of our team. But it was someone who used to be on our team who moved to Philadelphia. And he had his own team. And we kind of did a joint investigation there. We shared the cost, basically, so that they were there. And he had a camera. One of his uh, teammates had a camera. And he was standing on a certain spot. And I said, can you please move over to the other side so you're not blocking the camera, the stationary camera we have there. Unfortunately, he didn't listen to me. He actually came closer to this side. And so when you see the video, there's a person standing right in way oh. of the way of the camera when Missy got pushed the second time. No and what happened was she was right, right next to me and then all of a sudden she's gone. And I hear this slapping noise and that's, um, so she was close enough to the wall that she caught herself, like her back pressed against the wall. She was, she's doing like a, a shoulder wall sit, if you will. Like she, yeah. her shoulders are pressed against yeah. the wall. So she wasn't all the way down. And the slapping noise is her trying to get her balance back up so she can stand back up again. So she's like slapping her foot against the ground. And it's pitch black, by the way. So we can't even see any of this going on. We just hear this rustling noise going on to us. And then the slapping. So I knew immediately she got pushed. So I turned and like grabbed her. We all wear photographer's vests because we have a lot of stuff that we carry with us. So I grabbed yeah. her by her vest and picked her up so that she, you know, make sure she was, because I didn't know what she hit her head or, you know, it's a stone cement wall behind. Sure. So I didn't know what happened. She was, she seemed a little more dazed after that happened um, because she wasn't responding right away. I'm like, are you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay? She's not saying anything. And I'm, I can, you know, I have my light on in her eyes and she just has this like look on her face like this. And I'm like, okay. And then the person we were with made her, made us take her out. Now I didn't want to take her out. Yeah. I was forced to, I rather would have let her left her in situ so that we could try to get some readings. We didn't have like our EMF or anything like running. 
because this is now the second time within an hour. It was actually almost exactly an hour from the time she was pushed the first time that she was pushed again. And so we really want, I wanted to get readings, but of course I'm also concerned about um, making sure she physically is okay. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I'm being forced to basically take her out of the place. So I'm kind of ticked off about that at the time. Un but Unfortunately, our tour guide was very controlling of our techniques and our, of our investigating of what we were doing there and was very... Um, adamant that we got her out for fresh air because of what had happened. Yeah. Um, and we couldn't do what we normally do. We were kind of under these circumstances that go against everything that we want to do as scientists and try to figure out wow. what was going on. Yeah. So that happened. And wow. then after that, we took her outside for a little bit and, you know, she was fine, went back in and continued investigating the rest of the night. Nothing else happened, um, you know, of note really in comparison. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> So it, that was uh, my favorite investigation. So pretty much we can't top that with anything else. Not, <laughs> don't even ask me what my favorite story is because it's that <laughs> one right one there. Of the yeah, same? Yeah. yeah. So did, did, did Missy have like any marks on her or anything? No, we, I mean, unfortunately she, she constantly got pushed in the chest. So yeah. we did have her go and check. <laughs> right. Um, she said she didn't have any bruises or any scratches or, you know, red marks or anything like that. Um, it was, it was July. It was quite warm. So it was kind of hard to say, you know, what's. Uh, what is just a rash for being sweaty and yeah. <laughs> warm yeah. Um, versus, you know, there wasn't like handprints or anything like that. And is there a history of that specific interaction at, at that location? There is um, of people getting at least the reporting push. being pushed. Yeah. yeah. It's usually not women, though. It's usually it's men. Men being punched, was, slapped, pushed. I was going to ask that if, if you know why the, uh, the woman of the group was targeted. And there, she wasn't the only one. Okay. There was um, another woman there. Uh, it wasn't, uh, we, we don't know. Like that was, that was a big question. Like we, yeah. after we came back, we really dissected, well, what did we, what did we do? What didn't we do? Where, where was this religious? Cause we did bring religious objects in with us because okay. supposedly that's supposed to be a trigger for whatever's there. And uh, we were like, okay, where was this? Like what did, like what Missy did do is she brought in the stack of Bibles. Mm -hmm. So we had a stack of Bibles that we had pilfered from the hotel we were staying at. And so we brought <laughs> them in and Bibles. put them right by the wall. Yeah. <laughs> and so they were like sitting next to this, uh, where the well is supposed to be the portal to hell. And she had brought those in. So I'm like, well, is that something to do with that? Like, I don't know. I mean, again, we're looking at any any possibility here to see if we can try to replicate that thing happening again. And we we really had it. And again, because we do such a good job of de of documenting things, it wasn't remembering. It was really okay. Here's here's the order we did things. Here's here was where all of our equipment was. Here's the things that we were doing. Uh, let's just replicate that again. And but change the people out. So when we went back to replicate it, you know, then this time. Gravy was bringing in the Bibles, you know, and then uh, we had the crucifixes and we were saying, you know, suppose you're not supposed to say Zach Bagan's name, even, even though we were accused of saying <laughs> Zach Bagan's name, we did not say Zach Bagan's name, but we for sure said it when we went back just to see if we could get something. And actually happen. Noah was the only one that was allowed to say it. So if something did happen to him, we could maybe think that, that maybe we could try to correlate it to correlate that. it to that. Sure. Whereas I wasn't allowed to say it and I really wanted to say it so I can get pushed. Yeah. Uh, but I did get to carry the Bibles in uh, and I didn't get pushed. I attribute to being heavy. <laughs> so they couldn't push me. Yeah, they just right. were wusses. <laughs> so, so the motion light just went off behind us. <laughs> yeah. Of course, right after you say Zach Bagans. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Come and get it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Wow, um, that's 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 an incredible, incredible story. Wow. 
Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's the sort of thing that after doing this for such a long time kind of keeps me coming back to the plate. Yeah. Um, after that point, we, this was kind of our that was our kind of first big expedition. We had done Mansfield Reformatory. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had done Sedimsville Rectory. This Bobby Mackey's was the third place we went to. And then we uh, finished up at Waverly Hills. So I was kind of feeling pretty, pretty disenchanted about paranormal investigation because I had I had some high hopes about something yeah. of note happening. Like, I'm not saying like, it's going to be like they see on TV, but like these are places that are having claims upon claims upon claims, you know? So there's gotta be some odd thing that's going to happen. But when you really drill down and get the place to yourself and can really control it, mm-hmm. you realize that it's just a big empty building and it, things make noises because it's an old building and things are not upkept as well as it should. Right. And there's animals in it. And so you just kind of rule those sorts of things out. And now it's not about, to me, um, it's mainly about trying to tell people the truth about what's going on. Mm-hmm. If I happen to get something paranormal to happen that I can document, that's just gravy. Yeah. I'm Ayo. gravy. <laughs> <laughs> Do you, do you guys ever create like your your own tools or? We've, I mean, I've built like from kits, like geophones and okay. stuff like that. The main thing I think that we've quote unquote invented, which the tech, the, the science behind it is not something we invented. We invented basically the, the technique, mm-hmm. which is putting all of our audio recording devices in Faraday cages. Oh. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that uh, is a, you know, a complaint of people who think that we're just doing a bunch of stupid stuff mm-hmm. is that EVPs are just radio waves that are being captured by the recorders. Uh, so to try and counter that, we put our recorders inside Faraday cages to block out radio waves. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that was just kind of by our own design. We designed them to mainly fit the recorders used most often, which is our Zoom H1 uh, is our workhorse recorder. And uh, so it's kind of like a cylinder shape basically. Uh, but it really was kind of like an engineering a difficult thing to do because yeah. you have to make it so that it's somewhat sturdy mm-hmm. and can still record audio. So like the best Faraday cages are like microwaves. Um, but if you put a recorder in a microwave, you're not going to get great sound. Right. <laughs> Plus carrying them around is really, yeah, really right. hard. It's a lot of work. I mean, I had to bring like six or seven of those into our investigations just to put recorders in. <laughs> oh, hey, Noah. Yeah. After, um, Earlier when I asked you about the uh, Xbox Connect controller, you guys kind of laughed. Uh, is that a ridiculous uh, ghost hunting we'll tool? We'll still laugh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's um, it, you're you're basically taking something and breaking it, and then trying and trying to use sure. it to use something to 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 do something that's never been done before, which is mapping a ghost, which is what they're saying is huh. happening, right? So the idea behind it is te- is technically sound, uh, but the fact is that they're trying to take software which is designed to fill in the blanks for human forms, right? Mm-hmm. So when there's a, an actually very good uh, YouTube video which explains exactly what's happening with this XLS camera. I'll have to go check that out. Um, and basically, the, the, the software is designed to look for a human silhouette. You know, so it looks like, oh, okay, if your head is here, then you have one arm over here. Well, your other arm is probably around here. Sure. And that means your legs are probably around this area here. So it's a computer program that you just kind of, because it can't always see all of your appendages when you're using it as, an, as a video game player, right? It, it, it is a lot of times interpreting where they should be yep. in relation to other parts of the body that it can see. So when, you, when you're using it in the context of paranormal investigating, you're taking that piece of equipment and shining it where there isn't people most of the time. Mm-hmm. But there's things that might look like people, right? There could be uh, edges of walls. Oh, that's a line 
that could be a torso of somebody. And if I see a torso, it means there's probably an arm here, an arm here, a leg here, a leg here. So the camera is, the, the software is designed to fill in that gap. Uh, and, and it's not uh-huh. mapping a person that's tap dancing on your <laughs> lap or whatever they're always trying to show you on Ghost yeah, Adventures. Crazy. <laughs> but that's exactly how it's working, how it's supposed to work. But your the interpretation, sorry, I keep right. this. The no, interpretation of this is completely incorrect. Gotcha. I, that that was a great way of explaining it. It's doing what it's supposed to do, but it's not supposed to be picking up ghosts. It's 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 not picking up ghosts. Yeah. They're you're interpreting it. Yes. They're interpreting it as picking up ghosts instead of just what it's actually doing, which is it thinks that there's some humanoid thing there. Right. And the other thing that people always seem to forget is this uses an infrared beam mm-hmm. of light to be able to map where something is, right? What does a ghost not have? Eyes. Surfaces. Heat. It has to reflect that nice IR light up. back, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If it doesn't reflect the liar light back, it can't map it, right? Yeah. So this would then be taking another leap saying, well, not only is that a ghost, but that ghost has a surface mm-hmm. that can be detected by that camera. And that would be groundbreaking if you could prove it. Right. <laughs> uh, but it's just not likely. So uh, in, in as with many things, I say this uh, to the first graders that I go and give uh, talks to and to the 95th uh, year old people that I give talks to. There are no such things as ghost detectors. None of the equipment mm-hmm. we have detects ghosts. It is very specifically designed to detect very specific things. And what we do is take those very specific variables that it's recording and then try to correlate that with things that we can't figure out a normal explanation for. That's what we use that equipment for. Have you guys noticed a difference since you started using the Faraday cages for your audio equipment? Have you been getting less hits? You know, we really haven't, we don't get a lot of evidence. Uh, and I think it's because our techniques are, have gotten better and better over the years. And the, yeah. the number one change we've done is actually not the Faraday cage, but the control recorder. So each one of the investigators has one they wear on their person. Mm-hmm. And it's the first thing we start and last thing we stop for each investigation that we do. Okay. And that's our audible control for ourselves. And that is on 100% of the time, even if you're going to use the restroom, it is still <laughs> on. And you're the only one who listens to it, so it's not a big deal. <laughs> but the problem is, it makes, it's like, you, makes you think about what you're going to eat for that yeah. day. <laughs> Skip Taco Tuesday. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So you don't know what your bowel move it's going to sound like echoing through that empty mansion that you have all the recorders on, right? So we need to know that that was your bowel move and not something moaning through the, the you know the ductwork. That's a good point. <laughs> so um, that has really ruled things out. We have come across things on stationary recorders that sound very interesting sounds Mm -hmm. like a voice sounds like you know something paranormal and then going back and reviewing the first thing we do is always everything's time stamped with an atomic watch Mm. to the second so we know exactly when that recording happened and we can then look at all of our other recording devices that we're running at that exact time and find it very easily so the first thing we check is control recorders what was it and we've ruled out things that would have been put Mm. forth as evidence on our website if it wasn't for the control recorder. Wow. Um, sneezes that echo up through and sound completely different. Uh, that if you ask, well, did you make a weird noise at this time? Oh no, I just sneezed. And everyone knew that I sneezed because a sneeze is very evident when you're in the presence of a sneeze. Right. But, but three some stationary recorder th- three floors up, it's echoing up really weirdly uh, through the ductwork and mm-hmm. it sounds completely different. It sounds like a man moaning. Mm-hmm. And so like, this is something that we've come across quite a bit and I think has really helped us to rule out 
the investigators creating evidence, which I think is what happens 99.98% of the time with other teams is they don't have the same stringent protocols that we follow so that they can't rule themselves out as possible uh, uh, causes for the things that they're finding. And also because they don't really realize that they're making noises they don't they don't intend to. Mm-hmm. We've had times where people are whistling during while they're setting up equipment and we're like, hey, is somebody singing? We catch what sounds like singing on another recorder. I'm like, I wasn't singing. And then we go back, check our controls, like, oh, yeah, that was me. I was whistling. <laughs> you know, or our stomachs, what you know, like when we eat really bad food for the night. Or even st- not really bad food, or, or if we're really, hungry or yeah. whatever. Like yeah. stomachs make noises. <laughs> yeah. And so they'll grumble, they'll make noises that we won't really, you know, we don't always pay attention. We try to tag it, like, oh yeah, that was me, that was my stomach or something. But it'll make a really weird gurgling noise. And there's sometimes where it really sounds demonic and I get all excited. I'm like, and then he goes, Oh, that's me. Like, yeah. Oh man, come on. Perfect timing with my question I just asked. But under normal circumstances with other groups that don't use these control recorders, they ask a question, somebody's stomach grumbles, and no one tags it, or they don't have control recorders to go back and reflect on, you know, timestamp with the check, and they have an EVP. Right, it becomes a red herring. Yeah, and most teams don't. I mean, just the, the sheer volume equipment that we deploy in each investigation, a lot of times teams might have two recorders, you know, they're usually carrying them around, so you have no point of reference, and it can be really difficult. It's really hard to pull anything useful out of that. And I understand it's a, it costs money, right? This mm-hmm. stuff all costs money. Um, but again, it, to, to go out and say, this is evidence of the paranormal, you really got to have some good evidence to be able to back that up. And you better have a lot of other questions answered about why it's not these other really common things that most people are going to point to. Cool. If somebody wants to join PIM, are you guys, are you open to new folks? Do they need a scientific background? Yeah, there's a $1,000 application fee. Hey, do you know And gravy. No, I mean, we're always looking for good investigators. There's a membership application on our website. Um, there is requirements, our requirements, uh, very kind of lengthy requirements that we, you know, you have to be gainfully employed. You have to have insurance, a vehicle that is reliable. You can't be, uh, in the last 10 years, been convicted of a felony. There's a lot of things that through the Don't years, <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> we put that in after gravy. Jones. Yeah. Right. <laughs> we've learned a lot of things from people we've, we've taken on over yeah. the years on, you know, and we've re- revised these, uh, requirements yeah. based mm-hmm. on, some of the people we've encountered over the years. So. Yeah, because we're not a taxi service and we can't be constantly having to pick people up to go everywhere. Like we have to get ourselves there. And so it's 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 things we've added for reasons from experience, basically. Mm-hmm. So. Funny thing is we had a guy once, he was interview, he was going to interview for PIM mm-hmm. uh, and he was supposed to meet us at our favorite location and he asked us for a ride to that location. <laughs> I was like, like, did you read the yeah. requirements? <laughs> Bullet point number three. <laughs> is is your car just in the shop? Because I could give, you know, a one-time flyer on this, but otherwise. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we're open to all backgrounds. Like scientific background obviously is, is a plus. Mm-hmm. And we, um, but we're not all scientists. Like I, I'm a scientist. Uh, we have, we do have an anesthesiologist in the group and a psychologist in the group. But beyond that, we don't really have anyone else has any formal training in science. Um, other fields are very useful. We had someone in the group who worked in HVAC. Um, people who have experience in plumbing electrical. That's a lot of the things we're dealing with. That could come uh, in handy. Yeah, yeah. Because you're like, well, what's explanation? Risk? Well, actually I know that, you know, this type of boiler works this way. Like, I don't know that, but that could be very useful to explaining what someone's experience was. And my training isn't going to help with that, but their training would. So we're, we're not, you know, 
snobs in that way. Like, I don't care if you come with a high school diploma and that's it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's more about, are you willing to do things the PIM way? Sure. Are you willing to look at things critically? Uh, and even if you don't know the answer to a question, are you willing to ask to find out the answer to that question and be trainable. Um, some people will come with their pre-dis- preconceived notions and are unwilling to bend from those preconceived notions. And that's not going to work out because for us, it's all about being open-minded and willing to take, I'm willing to take any possible explanation, but the evidence got has to back it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, I, I totally respect that, that you're, you're evidence driven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How long does the, the after an investigation actually take where you're writing the case notes and everything? Minimum of two weeks. Um, most investigations run six to eight hours. If, so, And if I'm writing the report, it takes about a month. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't like it, but it's extremely detailed. Don't so. get me started. Gravy does go back through and he listens to his control recorder actually to get exact uh, details of what happened because mm-hmm. we, we do take notes during the investigation but sometimes things get missed when if something happens you're going to investigate something whatever you might not get the exact time or you may forget to write down oh this so and so felt this or heard that or whatever so by going through the control recorder that is really the most uh, uh, best way to get the most details down so it's about the quality not the quantity yeah well it's quantity is important too but you know <laughs> if, if we're dealing with a client well so if there's a someone waiting on this report, we try to get it out faster because they're usually are trying to, they're waiting to find out, well, what did you find? You know, do I to be concerned what's going on here? Yes or no. If it's something where we're just kind of doing it as a training exercise or as, you know, so we do investigations for fun. You know, mm-hmm. when we investigated here, it wasn't because Joel was super worried about what's going on here. It's just because it's a place we has claims. It's good practice to go and do investigations like this. So it's not as important to get it done, like turn around right super fast because obviously we have families. We all have full-time jobs. Mm-hmm. We have other responsibilities we have to worry about. And when you have six to eight hours worth of audio and video on all of your piece of equipment about, it could take some concerted effort to get through that. So minimum six, um, two weeks for us to get back on that, on a standard investigation. Uh, but, sometimes it is closer to a month is there ever disagreements within the club about uh evidence like does somebody maybe think that it's one thing and somebody thinks it's another not really i mean i think some people have things happen that they they experience that they really want to hang on to um but overall i don't we don't really have any fights over what we think everyone's pretty open-minded to the possibilities and we have a rule that when in doubt throw it out that's good. So if there's any doubt about any piece of evidence, we can't, we don't submit it as evidence. Yeah, you can hang on to it for your own personal experience for later down the road if someone asks you a story, like, oh, what happened to you that, you know, you really liked? Um, I mean, even I have my own few instances of that, but I don't have solid concrete evidence. So to me, they're just personal experiences and even I doubt myself, so. Sure. Yeah, I think earlier in the lifetime of PIM, we had more of that. Uh, when I was just basically taking warm bodies in, I took anyone who applied because it was, you need to have people to have a group. That's how I got in here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah he's hanging and then around he molded still. me into who I am today. <laughs> right. so. But I mean, now because we're, you know, established and we kind of, we can be more, more discerning about who we have come into the group. Like we can kind of tell if someone's willing to to go through the motions or if they're actually like oh okay that makes sense or yeah i'll consider that instead of just no i'm sorry that this is what i think it is and that's how we're going to be so um most people if they come up with something i say would you think about this oh geez i didn't you know you're right that's probably what it is or you know that makes sense but i'm still not sure i mean there's room for disagreement right but when it comes to putting something forth as evidence it's got to be pretty solid cool so the the ones that you're talking about where you can't you don't actually have concrete evidence, so you got rid of them. Are they worth sharing? 
at all? Well, they're not Bobby Mackey's. Bobby Mackey's exciting, <laughs> but um, I did have one. We were doing a. Uh, it's one of my favorite ones. We were actually two of them. Um, the first one was uh, the old Paradise Theater in um, is that West Dallas? West Dallas, yeah. Um, Six which is now a church now. Uh, we were investigating there, and I had personally went around and checked all the seats because one of the claims is that the seats will go down. So I I personally checked all the seats before we started the investigation to make sure they were all down. Um, and then we started investigating and I asked for a question. I said, hey, sit down in your favorite seat. And one of our female investigators that was off to my right heard uh, a sound. And then about 10 minutes later, we decided we're gonna go up to the uh, upper upper balcony part of the theater and investigate. And as I was walking up the aisle, I get to the second last row uh, down the main aisle and I see a seat that's down. And I was like, uh, no, there's no way I missed this. It's right here. How can I have missed this? Yeah. So I asked her to go sit back in the general area where she was and I moved the seat and she's like, oh yeah, that's the sound I heard. And the interesting thing about these seats is that if you don't put it all the way down where the cushions hold it in place, they'll spring back up. So if you push it down just a little bit, it'll spring back up. Mm. So they're spring loaded. They'll, they'll pop back up. And just to see that seat down, uh, was great, but we didn't have it. We don't have cameras that can span the whole theater and cover every seat. So that was kind of so it's one of those things like, did I walk past this and totally miss it? Even though it's the last seat, second row, right by where I walked by, yeah. you know, so I think about that. Um, the other one of my favorite ones is uh, very similar to this glass, uh, this glass wind panel here with yep. the nine panels. Yep. Um, we were at a location in, in um, was it West Dallas? No, Greenfield. And we were taking a break mm -hmm. and I was, I was sitting in the break room and I was staring at this nine panel glass door that led to the basement. And at the time, I didn't hear all the claims for that area. Um, but as we're sitting there, all of a sudden, I, I'm looking at one of the second panels from the bottom, and this face comes up out of the dark and looks at us and then slowly disappears back into the into the shadows Fuck. of the basement. <laughs> and so me right away, I, I didn't say anything. I should have said something, but I didn't. We were just taking a break, and I'm like, oh, I must be getting tired. My eyes are getting groggy. Maybe I just saw something or maybe a light reflection of some sort. Um, so I didn't think much of it. But later... Um, Later that night, there was a soundbite that we captured in the basement that said, get out of here. Wow. And that's one of our most popular, uh, one of our most favorite uh, EVPs because it actually replicates one of the sounds that the female people that work there in the basement hear. Oh, wow. So it replicated a claim, which is actually pretty rare. Yeah. We don't get that very often. Where was this story before? I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, we can't, unfortunately, we can't name the location, but it is a, a business in Greenfield. That is, I, I, I so would the clip is on the website. The, the yeah. EVP is on there. Yeah. Do you have any stories like that? No. This okay. one time in Good. band camp. Good. I don't want to know. <laughs> I don't want to know anymore. Cause I'm just, I'm going to see this now. <laughs> yeah. Knowing my brain. Uh, no, I don't really have anything where anything freaked me. What about the time when you stepped on what you thought was a kitten? <laughs> oh yes. At Sedimsville. Sedimsville. Yeah. I've, oh, I forgot about that. So we were getting ready. We were setting up, and actually, we were just struggling with some bees that were in this attic of Sedimsville Rectory. Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, yeah, you don't mess with that bees. stuff. And, you no, know, when you're in the dark and you can't see, and something lands on you, the first thing you're going to do is swat at it. Yeah, you, know, you don't right. want to be pissing off a bunch of hornets. Um, so we were up in this attic, and one of the claims is that there's a cat that was seen, uh, like that's seen up there. And as I was stepping down the stairs, I felt this pressure like underneath my foot before I even put my foot on the step. Like I was stepping on a cat or like a small ball or something. And there was nothing there. Wow. I was like, whoa, whoa. you know, it was an actual like almost like a force field keeping my foot from hitting the. 
and I quickly picked my foot up. So I thought that was interesting. That really is, and that's very close to a story that um, our guest last week told. Um, he, you might be able to explain it better, but he he was. They were doing an EVP sec- uh, session, and uh, electronic had, voice phenomenon for those that aren't sure yeah. what an EVP. Oh, is. we do. Oh, actually, you know what? Say that already? I already said that. Okay, yeah. whatever. Yeah, He's always correcting me yeah. when I say stuff. You know like what? That. I'm actually wrong. He was doing a ghost box. Oh, that's not even a real thing. So yeah, I don't. So the, here's the story. I'll just tell you the story. He he said he's he's playing. He's doing the ghost box on the fastest speed possible and backwards or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then uh, uh, it's cycling through. You know, and then he he looks down and a cat walks by his feet and he says, "What's walking by my feet right now?" And the ghost box goes, "Kitty." Oh yeah, and kitty. <laughs> and he got that on video. I like that you guys are just like cute. <laughs> <laughs> if you can't tell, I have issues with the ghost box, but right. uh, that's that's my that's our personal. Do you get? Do, do you have a quick uh, summary of what why you don't like the ghost box? <laughs> uh, audible pareidolia, um, self fulfilling prophecy, uh, broken radio. <laughs> gotcha. I like it. <laughs> cool. I could talk to you guys all night, but yeah. we're, we're hitting about an hour and a half here. So do you have any, uh, are you guys doing any outreach? Like you said, you used to go to libraries and stuff like that. Are you mm-hmm. doing anything that's coming up that you want to share? Actually, I mean, we're, summer is kind of our slow time for public things. Mm-hmm. Um, we just, we had some library events in March. We'll be doing some more. Uh, we actually just booked another one um, for October. Uh, we have quite a few lined up for October. Uh, we we are doing a public event. This is kind of a a big thing. So you guys heard of Edinburgh Manor in Iowa? I have not. I have not. So I'd recommend looking it up. Okay. It's a really interesting location. It was on Ghost Adventures. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we've invested there a number of times. But we are doing a public event there, a very limited public event, uh, because it is three and a half hours away, roughly a little less than that uh, from here. And so that's in October, actually, um, I think it's the third, second week, second weekend in October. And uh, so that's, we really limit how many people we can be there so they can be a really like kind of intimate, as close to a PIM investigation, whereas we would only have as many PIM members there as possible mm-hmm. to give people that sort of atmosphere. It's uh, in the middle of literally nowhere on a hill. Uh, you don't have to worry about traffic. You don't have to yeah. worry about neighbors. Cows are the worst thing we have to deal with. Uh, mooing every <laughs> once in a while. Uh, and so it's a really great location that we go to at least once a year. And we'll be doing a public event there in October. So we'll have, um, we'll be releasing ticket information actually coming up in June. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that'll be on our website, uh, paramilmilwaukee.com, as well as our Facebook page. It's funny awesome. you say that about the cows because... Um, one of the things that happened last time we were there, and I documented this, is we were sitting in, a, in one of the rooms and, and all of a sudden we heard like a, a phone vibration. Like, oh, whose phone is vibrating? Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, oh, not my phone. My phone's off. My phone's down by the gear, whatever the case was. We're like, okay, well, I marked it down and all of a sudden it happened again. And then we checked our one of our other recorders. It's actually the cows in the backyard mooing. Oh. Is, huh. By the time it gets into the building, it sounds like a phone vibrating. Oh, so sure. low. It's so low that, yeah. Sound does really weird stuff. And that's yeah. why it's so difficult sometimes. Like, where did that come from? Yeah. But, yeah. Awesome. Do, do you guys, last question I'll ask. Uh, do, you, do you guys investigate any other um, cryptids, like, you know, Bigfoot or aliens? Or does that not interest you in the slightest? We do not investigate other uh, cryptids. Okay. Uh, we, the closest we get to is claims of ghosts, cats, and dogs. And once a ghost panther, 
yep. um, that oh, we did wow. investigate. It's um, a scary beast, I bet. Yeah, I was excited. <laughs> I, Gravy wore a steak around his neck the whole night. <laughs> <laughs> so someone had a convincing enough story that you guys investigated Ghost Panther. Yeah, and it was outside too, which is we... <laughs> I'm just saying, like, this isn't adding well, up here. The story behind it was they lived near a zoo and the zoo would bury their dead animals gotcha. in a, in a gotcha. lot oh, close cool. to theirs. So. It was on their property. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. like this ravine on their property. It was the Racine Zoo. They used to take their dead animals and they paid them to be able to bury them there. And so... That's these, the story. We, that was... No, it was confirmed. They found like giraffe bones and stuff like oh, that. Wow. So um, it, it actually occurred, but then they were seeing like these ghost or well, shadow animals outside their property. And we, and number one, we don't normally do outside investigations because they're so difficult to yeah. control. You can't yeah, right. control literally anything. The weather, animals, bugs, like oh, there's so many things that can And it did rain that them. night and too. And it did. There was a strong thunderstorms that were coming through. So we had stationary cameras up like, ready to go, just grab them, run in, because it could thunderstorm at any time. But, um, so we don't usually do outside investigation for that reason. But these people were so, they were concerned enough that we wanted to go in and try to do something. And it was a very interesting claim. I mean, it was it was intriguing. It was like, okay, I'm, I'm willing. There were claims inside the house too. Like if it yeah. was only outside stuff, I probably wouldn't have done it, but it was inside and outside. So I was like, all right, let's, you know, go do, let's go try it. Let's see what happens. We didn't find anything. <laughs> I love how people work again, just, that the mind put a story together that uh, Ghost Panther. Yeah. Like, fucking, you know, <laughs> that was their concern. Right. Yeah. Black, big black cat. That's what they were seeing. <laughs> awesome. Well, hey, everybody that's either watching or listening to this, make sure you go to these guys' Facebook page, Paranormal Investigators of Milwaukee, and give them a follow. And then uh, also throw them a subscribe on YouTube. I did see your YouTube videos. Did you, <laughs> did you watch any of those yet? Not yet. No. Okay. I, I went on. Originally, I looked, and it said no videos. I don't know if you had an original page or something. Yeah, we have two. Yeah. yeah. There's like kind of a, yeah, I, you know, Brandon's not going to like that. <laughs> I, we, we, have, we do have two right now, but there's one, the yeah. one main one that's linked on the site. The ones linked on the site should be the one that has all the yeah, videos on it. Yeah, that's how I found it, yeah. And there's a lot of awesome videos. You can go there and check it out. And then uh, make sure to give us a follow on Table for Three as well. Hold so, on. Quick question for you, Brett. Mm-hmm. You never said if you had any stories. Oh, that's true. Uh, okay. Because I see you itching over there to say something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we don't have to go. I mean, I know I said... So... Oh, yeah, I'm, go- I'm good to go as long as we want. It's, uh, it's, it's, it can't be real, first of all. I, and it's not a personal story. It's secondhand okay. from my mom. So, uh, we, we had, a, or I'm sorry, my uncle and aunt live in the house that they were raised in. They okay. bought it from my grandpa and grandma. Sure. Um, my grandma died a long time ago, uh, before I was born. Actually, it might've been right after I was born and my aunt and my mom were renovating their, their rooms in the house. Mm-hmm. And my aunt was saying, oh, all this stuff is happening. And actually I just remembered something that did happen to me in that house. So I'll say it after this. Okay. But, um, they're like, very excited. It's like, I know, it's I like know. an onion. You yeah, just peel right. back I have those so layers. many layers. I have severe ADD. Yeah. <laughs> I cry every time he tells a story. <laughs> so, so they're renovating these rooms and they have like a radio on this, on a coffee table. Mm-hmm. And my aunt is telling my mom, like, ah, I feel like she's still here. Like, all this crazy stuff is happening. Like, the glasses are moving on tables. Like, noises are happening in the basement. Obviously, all that can be explained. And then she says, uh, they're like, ah, oh, well, let's let's not talk about that. You know, that's we just want to get our job done here. We want to be happy or whatever. And they they were talking about like, oh, let's what were her favorite things? And they were and they eventually got to what was her favorite song? Well, it was in the jungle. Um, 
like from the Lion King basically. (laughs) And uh, they're like, oh, cool. And they're talking. And then uh, a few minutes later, my mom goes, oh, nice radio. And she's like, yeah. And she turns it on. It's in the jungle. (laughs) And they all just, they both like freaked out. And it's on a classic rock station. I have no idea why they're playing it because we have a local station in town that they always listen to. Mm -hmm. So they freak out and they run, they run out of the house and that's their paranormal story. It, It was grandma altering the radio station to play her favorite song. It's like, I'm still here. If I may, it is a classic rock song by the Tolkens. Is it? Classic yeah, rock? The Lion Sleeps Tonight. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it was way before Lion King. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. We we looked that up, too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah this is not the first time I've told this story. <laughs> <laughs> it was just a very large co- coincidence. So then what happened to you? So um, they eventually renovated the basement, and we always went there to hang out with my cousins, and because we they had like a drum set and all the guitars and stuff like that down there. Um and my cousins are always talking about all these noises that are happening in the basement. So we sleep down there specifically because it's scary. Right. Yeah. And, uh, that's what we do too. Just, yeah. you know, <laughs> it's, it's supposed to be scary. That's where we sleep. Yeah. <laughs> I stay in the car. So, um, my aunt had been doing laundry earlier in the day and I'm sure this can be easily explained by something wrong with the, with the dryer, but it was one of those dryers where the door swings out, but it's got that like hard, that stiff, like, you got to pull it out of the socket or whatever oh, in sure. order to open it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like two in the morning. We're still awake. We're watching a horror movie, of course. <laughs> and we hear ching and the door swings open and taps, Oh, taps the hmm. closet. And so you heard it open. Yeah, we heard it open and it opened fast enough that it, like swung out and tapped like the, the doors. Did a little girl come out with her hair all over no. her face? <laughs> crawling out no, with her no, hands no. backwards? Upside down. Uh, no. <laughs> oh, I have another one too. Here we go. Well, go with it. Oh, that onion. Oh. Layer number three. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that is fine. This is a throwback to college. But well, first of all, what do you think about the, about the dryer? So, I mean, I'd have to look at the dryer to see yeah. the exact mechanism. But, I mean, if you heard the noise of it, it's like pulling, you know, like if someone was pulling it off of that latch if you will mm-hmm. um usually those dryer latches have like a, a hook and then when you close it it pushes that hook up so it latches and yeah. then that noise you hear is that kind of like spring loaded thing when it comes back down so yeah. that it can go straight out so it would be odd for it to do it by itself <laughs> um unless it maybe wasn't like completely if it was like closed like that and was like kind of on the tipping point and there was some vibration maybe that happened that let it snap back down again yeah and that would have enough momentum for it to kind of kick that door out a little bit and this is this is in the basement and right above it is a hallway that leads to their bathroom so there could have been someone walking above going to the bathroom or something like that that may have caused vibration to open it i mean that's like without seeing anything that's just a hypothesis that i would have but i would have to really look at it and yeah. see how easy it was to open and close and that sort of thing and mm-hmm. if you could even get it in an in-between state you know yeah. sometimes you get this dryer you just kind of kick it with your foot you hear it latch or close enough that the light goes off and then you go on your way and then maybe it was just on that little bit of a yeah but that Plus or, it's a, or not or it could just be you know a demon <laughs> it's just a dryer it could be the so demon. it probably was heated up at some point during the day and as it was cooling that, yeah, that is exactly what I was thinking contraction of the, yeah. of the plastic or the metal pieces or it was heated it, up from the demon that was in there yeah. and it released it and opened it up birthed yeah. it into the world <laughs> so I can never go back in that basement now. Yeah. <laughs> or it's in your house right now yeah. <laughs> grandma's house for him so <laughs> So, so my other story, this was in college. Um, we're in our little dorm room and the, the alleged story of the dorm room is that some kid had committed suicide. Mm-hmm. 
you know, it's, it's a very vanilla story that mm-hmm. happens a lot. Yeah. In your uh, specific dorm room. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean that there, there is a article from a long, long time ago saying that someone did commit suicide on our floor, mm. but it, there doesn't say what, what room. room. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, um, used to be a big fan of the band tool. Okay. Um, and they have a, they have a song called, uh, 10,000 days. Mm-hmm. And in that song, there's a part where, um, Maynard, the lead singer says, give me my wings, like send, you know, put, give me or send me to heaven to be with my mom who died. The song is about his mom. So there, it's like a huge buildup in that song. It, it's like five minutes of buildup. And then right before he yells, give me my wings, the stereo shuts off. Oh, and it's a, it's a push button, like, mm-hmm. and it made a, it made a clicking noise when it turns off. And the first time this happens, I wasn't there. This mm-hmm. is a repeat thing too. Okay. Wow. First time, first time it happened, I was not there. My very religious, scared friend and, and roommate runs out of the room and calls me. I was at class and he's freaking out. Like, <laughs> you'll never believe what just happened. He just tells me the story. I'm not going back in there until you guys are back. And, and we used to listen to this song cause it's very like visceral and, and it's a very heady song. So mm-hmm. we, we would turn all the lights off and we would like lay in the room and listen to it <laughs> just cause it was cool. And cause there's like thunder and rain in the song too. Were you sure. on drugs? No, no, I was oh. not on drugs. That was be my first <laughs> yeah. question as well. You no. know, no, no. Or no. alcohol. Yeah. No, no. Was this? no. We, we, we were in a dry dorm. We were very nice kids in college, <laughs> at least for the first year. <laughs> was, no, was this a cassette player that you, cause I heard the, no, that yeah, really so, like a cassette. Yeah. No. Uh, so it's a MP3 player. It was a Zune at the time. Oh, you guys okay. remember Zunes? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Zune plugged into an audio or a, audio a receiver. Cable. Yeah, it plugged into a receiver, mm-hmm. and the receiver is digital, and oh. it has like a lit power button. But the power button, like you push in and it clicks. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Like a radio yep. button. So um, I go back in there. I I we turn all the lights off again. Everyone's freaking out. There's like five people in the room with us. Uh, we turn. We're like, okay. Let's think about this rationally. Maybe there was so much power going through the machine and the bass really picks up at that point. Sure. Maybe the receiver shut off because it was being overloaded or something. So we turn it down like 25%. We start playing it, gets to that part again. We're all waiting for it to happen and it happens wow. again. Hmm. And we all freak out and we run out. I'm, I don't know if you can see, I'm getting goosebumps. <laughs> so it had like just turned off. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Thank you. There's my validation. Right. <laughs> Thank you, ghost. So it happened two times or three times? This, we were able to replicate it three or four times and it didn't happen every single time, but. Could it be vibrations from the bass? Could the button have been? I don't uh, know, man. Huh? <laughs> I'm like it's freaking only out that listening song? to it. Like you, it never happened with any other song? No other song. Hmm. Maybe just not a Tool fan. <laughs> he, yeah. thought was, he thought the song was overblown. Yeah. yeah. We wouldn't have been, we wouldn't have been so like, afraid of it if it wasn't like the part of the song where he's like calling out religion and stuff like sure. that. Sure. Maybe he's just tired of hearing that song over and over. <laughs> oh, I'm stuck with these yeah, right. kids yeah, again. Exactly. These tools. <laughs> yeah, so that's my story. I totally forgot about that. Until yeah, that just was, now. That was a good one. We bring out the best in people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what, what I liked about that one is it, uh, it was repeated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As I said, science is about replication. So, mm-hmm. and actually, you know what? No. Uh, so, so the, my roommate, is the DNR warden that we're going to be having on the oh. podcast in a few weeks. We well, should fantastic. ask him about it. You I should know. definitely. Yeah. 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 His, his perspective of what happened. Yeah. We'll let you guys know what we find. Yeah. yeah. That'd be great. Does he still have the receiver? Yeah. Right. <laughs> no, I don't Actually, think so. 
Oh, too bad, because we could have tried to replicate. Yeah, that would have yeah. been really fun. Yeah. 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 Uh, Jeremy, you've been pretty pretty damn quiet uh, all night. Yeah. How about you? Any any ghost Shooter, stories right. that we want to try and debunk for you? <laughs> you know, no, I've never uh, never had the pleasure of meeting a ghost. Unfortunately, I, it's something. It's on my bucket list. <laughs> but, uh, Still on mine too. But. Yeah. <laughs> I I got nothing really. Okay. Are well, you, just, are you over there shaking your head at us <laughs> no, this whole no. time? Like, because oh, I can't see you even out of the corner of my eyes. Yeah, so right. You're probably like, oh, these guys are. Oh no, man! I'm way into the pursuit <laughs> of truth. It's just I. Um, uh, it'd be great to. Uh, you know, you know, check it out sometime. Uh, get all the get all the info. It's not like uh, uh, in my day to day life, I've got all the uh, meters and tools and mm-hmm. uh, gra- gravity gravitrons. What are the? Gra- uh, oh, this is something our previous meters. guest was talking about. You mean about. like a geophone or? Uh, I've he's, got a, he's got a device that looks for gravitron. A gravimeter. Gravimeter. Called it. Can you hear me? Yeah. So uh, you're a little quiet. Uh, so maybe he's been. T- maybe you've been talking this whole time. Yeah. And just <laughs> jerks. So our he's previous guest, you. he he believes that uh, all paranormal activity is uh, is fluctuations in the magnetic field and gravity. So when the when the uh, magnetic field of Earth is moving, it somehow messes with gravity, and that's what causes stuff to fall off a shelf or people to feel like they're pushed or something. It's just a fluctuation in gravity that's forcing someone to move. Mm. So he's saving up to buy a gravimeter, which is apparently a device that... Kind of, I, I explained it like a pogo stick. Like, if you, you're on Earth and a pogo stick has a spring, mm-hmm. and it has one G. So if you're on a different planet... And it push pushed that spring down and created like some sort of pressure. It would be able to read that and say, "Okay, there's more gravity now than there was before." Right. So it's basically a device that does that. So he's trying to save up. They're like four thousand dollars, and it reads gravity. And he's trying to prove his hypothesis by being somewhere where something happens and then getting the reading. He's he's like you guys, very scientific and trying to get data. Can I difficult? Can I get one? Please, 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 please. I want one. I want one. <laughs> Ask your wife. My problem with that was a pimp fundraiser. The biggest issue with uh, anything that we do is that um, having your equipment in the right place at the right time is the hard part. Yep. And that sounds like something that's going to have a very limited range. So we you know, need more. As far as being able to detect <laughs> a change in gravity, you know? So yeah, 4,000 times, you know, 20. So to try to cover an area. Yeah. Uh, Cause it would suck to have something happen. And it's like, Oh, I needed to be two feet to the left mm-hmm. and I would have got that. <clears throat> right. Um, we use a lot of things that, that are data loggers. And so instead of trying to be like, Oh, something's happening. Let me pull out my meters. Um, we just have things that constantly are, are, are sampling the environment and recording it. And then we can just plug it into a computer and we'll graph it over time later. So then we can see, I caught an EVP at 1058.02. What was the EMF doing then? What was the temperature? What was the humidity? What's the barometric pressure doing to see if there's any correlation? Do you have a most useful tool? Definitely the H1. And the, what, what is any uh, audio recorder? Oh, right on. Yeah. So, I mean, audio is one of the most common things that's put forth as evidence in the field. It's the, also the most common thing to be misinterpreted and, and contaminated by people who are there. So, sure. Noise pollution. Um, yeah. Have, using that has is, is really been a game changer for us. I like to say my common sense is my most that's important tool. That's good. That's deep. If you can't. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's real deep. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was. I mean, because you got to have common sense how to use even the, the Zoom, which, you know, if you don't have... Yeah. Common sense. You can't use the zoom one that you think is the best. What I like to tell gravy is that we don't <laughs> like to rely on our human, uh, fallible 
senses, including our common sense, because sometimes that fails us when we're tired, cranky, and hungry. I think we just stumbled on one of those disagreements. <laughs> it probably That's is it, one I'm of those out. disagreements. We always want to rely on the machines to tell us what's happening and not on our eyes, ears, nose. Sure. But the machines don't turn them on by themselves. So you have to have the, the common, common sense, sense to keep the batteries in there. <laughs> You're right. Uh, have, you, have you guys ever heard of Astonishing Legends? It's another podcast. No. Okay, look it up sometime. It's okay. great. But they talk Don't about give them homework. <laughs> <laughs> Writing that yeah, down. Yeah. <laughs> Professor, when is this due? <laughs> anyway, they they talk about a specific type of recorder that's really old. I think it's Panasonic or something. Oh, DD R sixty. Yeah, is it? You got it. Yeah. So uh, I've owned one of those. I've used them. I've done a lot of research on them mm-hmm. because it is a recorder that supposedly captures all of these things. It's legendary gear. Uh, right. Yeah. It's old technology. It is incredibly compressed file format. Um, it was so compressed that the first level of Panasonic's uh, customer service couldn't tell me how compressed it was. I had to go to the <laughs> supervisor before I could figure out because uh, it's not in the manual or anything like that about what file format it actually records in. It records in this really weird file format, but it's it's super compressed, more compressed than uh, MP3. And the reason wow. why the compression matters is because when you compress something, you're taking um, what this audio would be, right? And then you're mm-hmm. pulling out frequencies that, that the computer inside the recorder is saying these aren't important yeah. for the integrity of that recording. The highs and the lows. Right. And so when you do that, you're removing information out of that recording and you're making it in the oftentimes more tinny. You're making it more uh, garbled. You get that back, that kind of background noise feed buzz that you'll hear. And if you listen to any recording on a RD60, 60, you hear that. It's very, it sounds like there's constantly, you're in a crowded room and you're trying to hear something in the back of that crowded room. And it's like, well, why does it sound so crappy? It's because you're using crappy equipment. And so all the time they're getting these EVPs, it's what I call audible pareidolia. Pareidolia is us making sense out of nonsense with our ears. Mm-hmm. And so we're, we hear a question, right, being asked, and we're all going to think of intelligent responses to that question, right? So any sort of thing that gets that any noise that's in that space after that question is asked, you're all listening different for different things, but something that might be an intelligent response to that question. So if if it sounds kind of like a name or a place or whatever, if one person makes that connection and says it out loud to everyone else, as in with all the CD lyrics and music lyrics that we've ever mislearned in our life, you'll never hear anything else. You'll hear what that person heard because it does fit. You, we, all, we have, a, we have a, a rhythm to our speech. We have a rhythm uh, to how, how our words in, in, in English, you know, any language really, but for mm-hmm. English, for most of that we're doing in here is in English. So you're automatically going to go to that. That's all you're doing with that R or D or 60. I've asked people who use it, why do you use this thing? Oh, because it works. No, it doesn't. Like you should record that next to an H1 and listen to the two differences sure. you have in those two mm-hmm. recordings and you'll be able to see what all that you're missing in that R or D or 60. Yeah. But you, you see people use it, only it. Mm-hmm. That's the only audio they have with them. And if it's, it is a very sensitive microphone. So if you move, move a little bit, shuffle it, rub it against something that you're going to get this weird noise that comes in after you ask that question. So I don't like that recorder and it's expensive. <laughs> it's yeah. stupidly expensive. You could buy like three H ones for that recorder. Oh, wow. So do you still want us to look up that podcast name? <laughs> <laughs> so their, their case was he, he took it into a room. It was the only recorder in the room. Mm-hmm. He set it down, left the room and there was some ridiculous demon screaming and yelling sounding mm. thing. 
That's why you have cameras. Yeah. <laughs> but they claimed it to be demonic. Yeah, very, very much like life-changingly freaky. They're, for they're these skeptics. Guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you ever heard of the Sally House? Yeah. Yeah, that, it was at the Sally House in okay. the second floor. Yeah, we've looked into the Sally House before. It's a little bit expensive for what you get. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, well, interesting. I mean, I, I have, like I said, I've used it myself. I owned it for a short time and mm. then um, sold it because I'm like, this is, I can get better equipment for the money. Yeah. Um, but he wishes he would have hung on to it because now it's way more expensive than when he priced yeah, it for back then. I, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was probably about eight years ago or something like that. I had it. So I, I think I bought it for like 150 and sold it oh, for 160. Wow. I think they're going for a grand now, aren't they? Yeah. Even more. It's because now D Bagans is using it. So, Oh really? Yeah. Are they long out of production? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Is was that what you call it? Oh, wow. uh, he who must not be named <laughs> D Bagans. <laughs> That's why I saw a call him, but yeah. So, I mean, obviously it becomes more popular. I mean, the Constantinos also used, also used it. Didn't work out very well for them, but uh, it's something that uh, it, in the, Ghost Adventures realm. It's been a popular recorder. Now, sure. Amy Bruni uses it on her show too with, um, what do they call that show? It's on A&E now. No, Travel Channel now. Um, her and uh, the other guy from Ghost Hunters. Hmm. Um, anyways, she uses it too. And okay. I, I'm actually Facebook friends with her. And so I said, why do you use that? Yeah. She's like, because it works. I'm like, oh. <laughs> no. no, it doesn't. No, it <laughs> Here's doesn't. why. It helps for the ratings. Is it they that- can get... There you EVPs go. EVPs that they can claim are EVPs, just, even yeah. though they're not. It yeah. sounds so much garbage. Like, I want clear, you know, give me clear. I'm By the way, but at least they're telling their audience what they're catching in it so they can hear it too. <laughs> yeah, the words are up there, so you just yep. got to read them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Closed caption by default. It's like, rah, 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 rah. it's like, you took my dog. Right? <laughs> like, I can hear that. Oh, that's yeah. amazing. <laughs> Do you guys dabble with night vision at all? Yeah. 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 So uh, all of our cameras are at the very least night vision. Um, most of them are actually, we call them full spectrum, which is a misnomer because full spectrum would cover like just so many things. Yeah. It runs from uh, infrared through visible and then into UV. Okay. So that's what we, we use most of the time. You had a night vision camera when um, the lady was pushed. Yes. I saw that video when you're, that was unnerving as you're like walking around in the room. Yep. Yeah. She, yeah. She looked like a, like a, she had, Got in an accident. She was not happy. <laughs> <laughs> That's got to be such a bummer that the dude was standing in front of the camera. You don't know how pissed off I was about I that. Because I told him to stand over there. Right. I'm like, stand over there so you're not blocking the camera. And he doesn't say anything to me and walks right over to where I didn't want him to be. And then that happened like 15, 20 seconds after he moved into that position. And I think believers could, could probably say, well, you know, the entity acted because it knew that yeah. the evidence was blocked. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, some people will say that. Yeah. Also because people don't listen to me. <laughs> but it's you're not always, bitter. It's always, always listen to Noah is what I like to say. <laughs> yeah, right. Noah's good for you. <laughs> awesome. Well, I think cool. we'll have to maybe get back together in the future sometime. You Definitely. guys can give us an 100%. update. We do have yeah. another expedition coming up, This uh, a mini expedition we call it this summer. So maybe after that we could yeah. reconvene. Oh, you guys are... Uh, um, you're participating in a conference too, aren't you? We are. Yes. The, the Milwaukee Paranormal Conference is going to be held this year yeah. uh, at Alverno College. Uh, T. Krulos is the runner of that uh, event. I will be speaking at that conference as well. I haven't decided upon my topic yet. I don't know if I'm going to do uh, common explanations for paranormal claims or last, uh, last year I did one on um, the truth behind, uh, what was it, Hollywood 
the truth behind the Ed and Lorraine Warren movies. So all the oh, Derek movies that they they're all fan favorites. The yeah, yeah, they're really warmed. Welcome. <laughs> You get a warm welcoming. So I, I, I give T credit for allowing me on to, to give, because he knows I'm not going to be a, a lot of people come because they want to have their, you know, yeah. right, their beliefs You're to the be stick filled. And I'm the guy saying, no, no, that's all good. He's a, voice, he's a voice of reason. <laughs> yeah. You know what's ridiculous is how they portrayed the Annabelle doll mm-hmm. in the movie versus how it actually looked. Yep. That's one of the things like I talk Raggedy about. Ann thing. Yep. Nice. Yep. It's ridiculous. And you can't take it like all, all these things and in. Yeah, there's I've, there's a book and like it, it really goes into detail about like the reality of what the history behind that Raggedy Ann doll was mm-hmm. and what they said it was and yeah obviously the doll that they use in the movie is completely different yeah uh, not even close to the same so uh, so I'm not sure but anyways yes I am going to be a speaker there's gonna be a lot of uh, great uh, other speakers there as well um, and it should be an awesome event and that's going to be in September I believe so cool. don't quote me on that but. Uh, Milwaukee Paranormal Conference is also on Facebook and they have a website as well. So definitely check it out. Definitely. I think they are doing early ticket sales right now. And I assume you guys will share something once it gets closer. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we'll have it up. We, we, we did share something on the Facebook page once we, uh, once he made announcements, he was bringing it back. Uh, so it is on there. But yeah, once we get closer, we can get more announcements for the other people that are going to be at the conference and whatnot. We'll definitely be sharing that. Yeah, one more reason to follow these guys. <laughs> yeah, we're okay. And we do Facebook Live at events sometimes. We'll be doing an investigation. We'll just crop up with a Facebook Live. So you might be able to actually see us on investigation sometime. Awesome. Uh, just out of the blue. Cool. Cool. Very cool. Well, Noah, Gravy, thank you uh, Thank you guys for joining us. Seriously appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having <laughs> us. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Thanks. Always great to be at the Chud now. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And we should, give a, we should give a plug to the Chud now as well. Yeah. yeah the yeah. Chud now Museum. Where, what street are we even on? We're 11th. This is on 11th Street. Okay. Yep. Between State and Wells. I'll, yep. I'll take the website or the Facebook page. I th- he said he had a Facebook page. So he does. Yeah. I'll Absolutely. make sure to uh, put that on the Facebook post that we share out. So everyone, if you want to come see this place, it is awesome. Yes. Well worth the trip. Yeah. yeah Joel is always very accommodating. Right. Yeah. Joel's very nice. Good guy. dude. Yeah. Did yeah. not know him at all today. And he invited us right in with open arms. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, we told him he needs to be on the podcast. Too. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> you should definitely have him. He yeah. has a lot of great uh, stories and history yeah. from this place and the Chudnall family. And this is all stuff that, that, that he uh, collected himself. So yeah. Um, yeah. it's, it's, it's literally a really awesome museum. Yeah. Uh, Chudnall Museum of yesteryear. It's called. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Well, thanks everyone for listening. Make sure to follow everyone in the room and uh, you have a great night.